Christ, you people suck. <laughs> wow. Wolverine wanted to be a another week of N4G Radio. I'm not Ken McGowan. This is take two, actually, so I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Uh, but this is N4G Radio for uh, the week of July 24th, 2017. This is episode number 481. And I am Drew Leachman. Uh, Ken is not with us this week, but we're going we're gonna to keep on keeping on here. Uh, I have with me Jay Lee. Bonjour, no. And Ryan the Wombat Wombold. Yes, sir. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna soldier on, I guess. I don't I don't know I don't know how to do this. I don't know what to do with my hands. Po- podcasts are hard, <laughs> Drew. <laughs> podcasts are hard. It's amazing because I host one of them. Uh, yeah, it's it's almost like you've been doing this for over ten years for some reason, and then you're you're all discombobulated instantaneously. All of a sudden, I forgot how to do it. But yeah, yeah no. Um, like forgetting how to breathe. I don't, yeah, <laughs> how do you breathe, man? Um, I don't know. Yeah, who who wants to go first? You know what? Let's start with let's start with Ryan here. Yeah. Okay. What have you been uh, playing? We should man? probably mention we should probably mention off the top that because Ken's not here, we won't have Twitter feedback or email feedback today. Yeah. Um, but we will make sure that if you send in feedback today, that we get caught up on it next week. Absolutely. Yep. Um. So, really, um, the only two things I played this week, I played some more Fire Pro Wrestling World. Yeah. Um, and they are up to now, I think, almost 7,000 created wrestlers on their service. Wow. Uh, which is pretty amazing. Um, so I downloaded some more guys, tried them out. Uh, as usual, the community creations do not disappoint. There's, I mean, you gotta you got to pick and choose who you, um, you know, who you get your created characters from because some of them are better quality than others but overall um that game continues to be excellent and um i know they put out a, a thing yesterday saying that they were con- they don't have an update yet on ps4 because they're concentrating all their efforts on the early access uh the pc early access stuff right now so um we'll see when they announce that but i i still think at the end of the day the pc version is going to end up being the uh the go-to just for steam workshop yeah so, um, but on top of that, I played uh, Destiny Two. Oh so right. I don't know if we want to. I don't know if we want to roundtable that. Or yeah, let's. Wanna... Most certainly can. Yeah, okay. we, all, all three of us have played this, so let's get just get right into it because that's the big thing this week, I think. So I played. I did not play. Uh, basically, I played the the uh, the story mission that it makes you play as soon as you boot it up. I didn't play any of the stuff after that, so I ah, didn't play the strike okay. or any of that stuff. Um, but I did play the story mission. Um, I uh, I gotta say, it's still smooth as butter. Yeah. Like the 
the shooting, all that stuff is just as solid as you would expect, which is awesome. That's that's my primary draw to uh, to the original Destiny was the gameplay. So um, I'm glad to see it is intact. Um, the uh, you know the the story was um, good for what it was. Voice acting was good. Um, you get introduced to some characters, so I think that's a benefit. Mm-hmm. What um when you did the story mission, they give you a pretty much a free exotic weapon. What which one did you end up getting? Um, what was it called? I don't remember what it was called. Something about it was, it was something ice related. Okay. Uh, Were you a warlock? Yes. Okay, so oh, we actually represent all three classes. Because I play Hunter, um, Drew played, what was her thing called? Titan. Guard, Titan. Titan, yeah. And then you play Warlock. So each of the classes get their own specific exotic weapon at the beginning. Yeah, uh, it was something kind cutter. Of the one I got was something cutter, but I can't remember what the first part of it was. Hmm. Um, but it was pretty strong. And, uh, but, you know. How about that? Yeah, diamond cutter. Feel the bang. The, uh, uh, the Nova Bomb for the Warlock is still as slow and powerful as ever. <laughs> but overall, I had a great experience with it. I don't know what your guys' experience was. but um, I think me and Jay feel about the same. Um, the thing about Destiny 2 in particular is that I left Destiny 1 before Drew did. Before most other players did. I know some people are still playing Destiny 1 today, uh, which is insane to me because I don't think that game offers enough content to really have the longevity to keep people interested. But apparently it does because a lot of people still play it. But I left Destiny 1 before the first big expansion came out. So I did, did the, I. Yeah, I did the, the first big raid. I beat the boss uh, about two times. And I felt like it was, there was way too much time in between the content patches, right? And I didn't really feel like grinding out like upgrades and stuff like that here and there. I didn't think that was all that compelling. Uh, and also because it's not like a monthly subscription fee, you know, game, which is a positive on their front, but also has an effect of making me feel like, yeah, I don't have any reason or, you know, I don't have any mandatory feeling that I have to play this game or I, you know, waste my money. I got my money's worth for sure playing right. Destiny 1 for about probably something like 90 to like 100 hours at least. So that's a lot, that's, that's a lot of time I spent playing that game. But, what I'm concerned is about the content and how it will keep me playing the game. I don't need to play a game till the end of time to make me feel like it's worth it. You know, I just have to get, you know, a good amount of hours to really feel invested in it. So a game that I could kind of go back to again and again and play with my friends. That's something that I want. And one thing that this beta does not test is the way the loot system works. Because there is really no loot. And um, there was one of the big issues is that the heavy weapon ammo was very, very limited. And because of the way they changed the uh, heavy weapon category to include things like shotgun and sniper rifle for whatever reason, I'm, in, I'm not entirely sure what gameplay reason they, they had outside of PvP reasons to do that. Uh, and it kind of sucks because I used to always have a sniper rifle uh, you know, all the time, and I would use that to kind of, uh, you know, uh, pick off enemies from uh, from far away before I start engaging, you know, in in full. And I can't really do that anymore because I basically never got any heavy ammo, you know, outside of the stock that I was going into these missions with. And I think that's an oversight. And I know the developers, um, 
mentioned it and they said they want to, they want to address it. So I suppose the beta is going to be good for something. But I still don't like the fact that these like secondary weapons that we used to have are now heavy weapons. Yeah. And, uh, that I think that's a bummer. I think what having a shotgun as a heavy weapon, yeah, they made it more more powerful. But shotgun is such a a primary weapon, right? It's something that we we were so akin to having as something that we can just pull out at any time and just use with abandon, because you know close range combat is something that happens all the time in Destiny too, yeah, and Destiny in general. So I think that's a weird decision. I don't particularly like it. Uh, but like Ryan said, from a positive standpoint, I think the game looks better. Um, I think definitely they did a lot. Looks better, yeah. Yeah, you can definitely tell this is not a PS3 and PS4 game anymore. This is a right. PS4 and Xbox One game. So you can definitely tell the the visual fidelity upgrade. The game plays very well. Still, the shooting, uh, the way the enemies react to you know getting shot in the head, the staggering, it all feels very. Um, it feels very satisfying, and that's one of the best selling points of Destiny in general. That's it's always had that on lock. The feeling, uh, the feeling of shooting, taking down enemies has always felt good. Um, there have been some increased, like, cooldown time for your grenades and such. I'm not sure how I feel about that, because um, it feels like maybe they doubled or even tripled the time it takes you to get your grenade back. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I, I, it, is, it definitely takes way too long to get your grenade back. I know they don't want people spamming grenades, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, man oh man. Yeah, it takes I, forever. I sometimes forget to use it because I don't know if I have it, you know? Because exactly. I, I, I don't have it. I use it at the beginning of the mission, and midway through I get it back. And I'm like, do I have it back yet? I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, it's good for PvP because you don't want an engagement where the first thing you do at every battle engagement is throw a grenade. That's stupid, right? Because it's a cooldown-based system and where other FPS games where it would have a limited quantity, so you wouldn't be able to spam it as such. So it feels like they're making a lot of adjustments to the game as far as balance goes for the sake of PvP, but it's having a negative effect on the PvE experience. Because when you're fighting other players, the battleground and the balancing is very different from what you're playing against uh, you know, AI, AI opponents, and also when you're fighting mobs upon mobs of enemies. So that's a, that's a bit of a bummer. And um, why don't we just talk about the strike? I know you haven't done the strike yet, Ryan, and uh, we... I think uh, we could both recommend that you do because it's actually pretty fun. Yeah, that's There's, one of the best parts of that beta. Yeah, uh, why don't you why don't you tell me about what you thought of the strike and uh, the, what the Boston encounter and, uh, specifically drew? Uh, it, it honestly it feels a lot like a mini raid, um, and that's what I really like about it um, because you know you're working your way to the boss, and then when you take on the boss, I mean, I wouldn't say it's bullet spongy, but it, it felt just about right as far as like how much health it has minus. You know, you trying to save yourself from it and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you, you brought up the good point of that I don't like is the fact that because they moved certain weapons like the shotgun and the sniper rifle to the heavy weapon part, you're not as versatile anymore. Yeah. You're stuck using a machine gun against somebody who's right in your face. When back then I could just hit the triangle button, switch over to a shotgun and blast them in the face. And that's the biggest issue that I saw throughout my time with Destiny 1 is that Bungie Bungie has painted themselves into a corner because they put PvP in it. And I saw it constantly. There was a time where they released a patch that was to fix how shotguns worked in PvP, but it also affected the PvE aspects of it. What they should have done in Destiny 2 
and with the and I really hope they do, which they probably won't, make it fucking separate. It's not that hard to do. Everybody plays differently in PvP and then in PvE they have their own set of rules. I don't understand why they can't do that. But it's yeah. it's going to harshly affect the PvE part of this game, which is what I enjoy doing. I can't yeah, stand and, PvP shit. Well, and chances are, anyway, if the concern is, well, we don't want there to be a huge difference between, you know, when you switch back and forth between PvP and PvE, you're probably not going to have a lot of players switching back and forth. You, most of your PvP players are probably going to stay in PvP. Uh, and most of your PvE players are probably going to stay in PvE. There's probably not going to be a ton of players playing both all the time. Uh, well, see, that was the thing. They try they they try to get people to do the PvP for you know certain quests. You get quests in the PvE, so oh, go kill this many people in PvE, you know, and and all this other stuff, and you got better stuff out of it. It, it, it was they tried to merge the two together in the first game, and I couldn't stand how they did that. I mean, it was like I, like I was talking about the shotguns. They, they everybody was using shotguns in the PvP in Destiny One, and they said, "Okay, people's getting sick of getting one shot by a fucking shotgun, so we're going to nerf them." But they also nerfed them for the PvE stuff, which made shotguns fucking useless when you're doing a raid. And I'm like, "Well, then why? You know, what they what they should have done." It's kind of like how they do with like the, like the last, not the last Call of Duty. Which one was the one where you played as different classes? You could like choose a character. It was one of the future ones, but uh, I don't, I don't play PvP. Is anymore, that maybe so. maybe Advanced Warfare? Yeah, maybe? maybe Advanced Warfare. I can't remember which one it was, but everyone it, it, they they kind of turned it into slightly Overwatchy a little bit. Not mm-hmm. not much. That's what they should have done with Destiny 2's PvP. You have like. You play this character. He has a shotgun and he has this. And he also has these two abilities. That And then you can choose, give you a pool of characters to play as. Let that be the PvP and leave the PvE alone and balance it the way it should be. But it looks like they're not doing that. Um, but if I were to play Devil's Advocate, even though I actually agree with your point, because I don't care about PvP and Destiny at all. That's not why I play the game for Destiny is all about the PvE experience with my friends taking on the raids and the strikes and such. But someone would say that's very invested in PvP. Say the reason why PvP is enjoyable because of the customization that's available to me. Because I can take my personal avatar with yeah. me, you know, and then have my own loadout of each weapons. So I'm not sure what what's the right answer, but I think. I think the compromise would be the kind of keeping things separate, right? So you have your you have your loadout for PVE and you have your loadout for PVP. And items, uh the way the mechanics and stuff like that could work in both PVP and PVE could be different. And they do that in a lot of other games. I remember playing something like World of Warcraft and how they had like different armory equipment for your PVP compared to your PVE so that you kind of separate the people that like to do raids and stuff like that and get the items. So you can't bring in something that's from like an incredibly good raid, right? And then bring it to PVP and just crush everybody just because you have better equipment than they do. Yeah. That's not, that's not going to be fun for the other people that's, you know, getting crushed. Uh, so that's why they separate a lot of the content elements of it. So I feel like if they want to do this MMO, pseudo MMO thing right, they need to really start separating these two elements, uh, cause they cannot coexist, uh, in the same realm, uh, in, in the, in the way that they want to. Um, but as far as, um, I mean, we try, we tried a couple PvP matches. I'm not gonna say that, like, I hate it, but it feels like every time I played, 
I play the PvP of Destiny, it's like I could. I'd rather be playing Overwatch, and you know? I'd rather be playing some other game, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it, from a PvP experience, it just doesn't feel good to me. So that's, that's how I feel. But I'm sure there's a lot of people that are, you know, 100% into PvP and only into PvP. So maybe for them it's good, but I am I feel like there's more people that's more interested in PvE elements than the PvP as far as Destiny is concerned. And uh, going back to the strike, uh, as Drew was pointing out, like, the, the, the boss... Yeah, he was kind of blissfully, as in, you know, he took a long time to shoot and kill. But at the same time, the thing that made the fight interesting is because <clears throat> it had phases. Yeah. One of the things that Destiny 1 Strike had uh, didn't have is you were in a, locked in an arena, you fight a dude, and you shoot a dude for 15, 20 minutes until that guy is dead. He summons waves of enemies... And that's it. That's like the whole entire fight. That's what you're doing. But in this particular strike, the arena that you start out at, after you get into a certain percentage of help, it disappears. And you drop underneath to the next stage. And then after a certain point, it also disappears and drops to the next stage, the final uh, arena. And the boss, depending on what he's doing and what where, what part of the phase is in, he changes weapons. He changes, he takes out, at, at some point, he takes out, like, a Gatling gun. He takes out, like, this flash rifle thing that, like, blinds you temporarily if you're too close to his blast radius. You know, at, at, at a certain point, like, his head blows off and his weak point changes. And he goes into this desperation mode where he tries to get really close to you and stomp on you for an instant kill. So it made the uh, encounters much, much more interesting. And I really hope every strike is like this, where the boss encounter is something more than just shooting a dude for 15 minutes with nothing else changing other than just waves of enemies pestering you. Because that was my biggest complaint about strikes in uh, Destiny 1. I would play them once, and I didn't want to play them again. But I had to, in order to earn the gear that I needed in order to do the raids. Yeah. So making the strikes more imp- more interesting is going to go a long way. Uh, do you know how many strikes there's going to be for the launch, Joe? Uh, I, I honestly have not really paid attention to this game. Mm. Um, I, I like the beta was going to be all right. Am I going to get Destiny Two or not? After playing the beta, and there's not much in that beta. It's mainly the PvP stuff. I yeah, I'm going to grab it. Uh, to be honest with you, here's the, <laughs> the real reason why I'm getting it is because it will get me away from Overwatch for a few days. <laughs> I mean, because honestly, if there's anything that can get me away from Overwatch, it would be Destiny. You, you talk about it. I love it because you talk about Overwatch like a, a bad girlfriend that has a terrible influence on you. It's like if I start dating other girls, I could break up with her. That, that's my hope, you know? Like that's the only thing I really want. Here's a, here's a secret. If you remember correctly, I was talking the exact same way about Destiny 1. So Yeah, you did play Destiny 1 for a long time. About 250 hours. Oof, that's uh, that's a hefty investment. Um, but I know a lot of people that's super uh, excited for Destiny Two, and it's shaping up, shaping up well. I still have concerns and complaints, and I'm really curious about whether it ha- it'll have the longevity that a lot of Destiny fans are looking for. But if I can go in, I can have fun playing through the story mode, doing a strike, maybe a raid or two. I know there's going to be only the one raid uh, at the beginning, but. That ought to be enough until they can get you know other uh, stuff in order in a month or two. So, here, hopefully, here, here's the biggest thing for me, and it was the biggest thing that got on my nerves every time we did that a new raid would come out is that the yeah. best gear in the game is what you get from doing the raid. And I don't know what Bungie was thinking, but when the Vault of Glass they released the Vault of Glass, that was the best gear in the game. 
but you had to have the gear to complete the fucking raid. Otherwise, you're just going to get wiped. Why do uh, that? You Why? mean the gear from Vault of Glass in yes. order to do? I mean, you didn't. I mean, you could do it, but it would take four fucking ever. And then on top of that, you, you get the same thing. Oh, good, the gauntlets dropped again. It's the, I've already got four of those. You know, I need the fucking helmet or I need the fucking chest piece. And it was it was always like. Why put the best shit in the game and then stop you from doing it because you need the best shit in the game? It's it, like, Bungie, hopefully they learn from their mistakes because there was a lot of them at the beginning there. Uh, year one Destiny was just, it, like, you guys have never looked at MMOs or fucking, like, Diablo? I mean... Remember how infamous the Cryptarch became because of all the shit drops that people were getting off of their, like, purple legendary, you know diagrams and stuff like that you would run into a you'd run into a legendary engram maybe once every 10 hours and you yeah. took it to the fucking cryptarch and he turned into a fucking rare and i'm like <laughs> i'm going to murder this motherfucker <laughs> oh man yeah and then the the whole loot cave and all these little exploits started coming out they started to patch it it was kind of a fun experience in this way kind of spurned on by the fact that Bungie didn't know how to balance their game properly, which it's made the game more interesting in a way, which is kind of ironic because, you know, their incompetence made the game more fun because of the exploits that people were trying to find and whatnot. But, it, they, it, I mean, when uh, what was that first big expansion that came out? Uh, the uh, first remember the, name the Dark Below. In Dark Below, right? That's the one where they started to really change things around and did a lot of things differently with the loot and the lights, light levels and stuff. Yeah. And I remember people being really into that. Uh, not as much for the second big... Ex- well, maybe for the second bit. The second not for the third one. The second expansion did not have um, a raid in it. They they added the Prison of Elders, which was kind of like a, a wave-based arena thing. Ah, uh, Okay. Uh, I remember having, I bought the, well, I bought a PS4 Pro and they gave me the, the Destiny 1 collection, so I went back to check out some of the new content, but I wasn't really impressed with a lot of, and also, dude, how many different currencies are there in Destiny 1? I couldn't even tell you. And yeah. year, year 1 Destiny was all I played. Like, I played through the first two expansions, and there was Ascendant Shards, and then there was Radiant Shards, and then there was one other thing that you had to get, then they had Motes of Light, they changed it. And then there was like all these different crafting materials. I mean, I was like, dude, this is like WoW times a hundred. They really need to streamline that shit. Yeah, that was that was the issue. Was like, oh, you can't even get the best. You, you can get the best gear in the game, but you can't you can't make it the best gear in the game until you get these shards, which means you got to do the raid about forty times. And I was just yeah. like, and then after you got the best gear in the game and upgraded it, then all you get is fucking shards that are useless now. So, they they really surely they've learned something in these past three years. That's that's the hope, right? That's that's what we would like to believe. But the thing about the beta is that it's a beta. You know, it's, it's a very small taste of what to expect from the game, and they don't test the loot system out at all because everyone gets the same exact pieces of loot, you know. And then you're gonna get the same duplicate of the stuff that you've already had. So you don't know how frequency these how frequently these things drop, how valuable these things are. So. It really comes down to how well the game is going to be doing uh, when it first comes out. But I'm interested enough to like rent the game at least, uh, you know, play through it at least. My, one of my friends got tried out the beta yesterday. If he likes it, maybe I'll pick it up on day one, depending on how that goes. But I am up. I'm 
I'm hopeful, but at the same time, I have my expectations on Lockett. I think we expected way too much out of Destiny 1, and we were just you know, crushed down back to earth on what that game actually became. So for Destiny 2, I have my expectations much lower, and hopefully, you know, like Drew kept saying, they have to have learned from their experience, uh, learn from their mistakes somewhat, and uh, that's that's where we're going. Any uh, any closing thoughts for you, Ryan? No, no. That you guys you guys know Destiny a heck of a lot better than I do. So, <laughs> but will you I be just, playing? Uh, I was just looking at the Destiny pretty colors. Huh? Uh, I will. I will. Um, I will. Yes. Um, but um, they they um, won. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. The, it just depends. Um, it it really depends. I you know Destiny One is what prompted me to buy my PlayStation Four. So um, I'm I'm really interested in the series, and I I played the first one a decent amount when it first came out. Um, so I, I will definitely play it. As far as whether I get it day one or not, I don't know yet. It just depends on what I've got going on at the time. That's it. Yeah, I think I'm, I'll get it day one, but uh, I just, you know, the thing about Destiny, and I said it like on when we did our Game of the Year show and I had Destiny as my Game of the Year because it had been so long since I actually sat down and played with people, and it was it was so refreshing the way, especially with the raids, how you had to coordinate with your people, you had to be talking, and it really brought back the whole co-op experience for me and i miss that so much i I miss raiding so much and i can't find a game to to raid in so destiny 2 will hopefully be that game yeah i guess we're just all basically pretty hopeful for the game um you know i know a lot of people have a lot of uh, negative things to say about the beta but once again let's let's be frank it's a beta you know it's a taste i get that it's not everything you want and more because it's a, it's a small slice of what they want to offer. So, uh, and also, do you remember if Destiny One had any like launch issues as far as servers go? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, it did. Okay, so hopefully they'll learn that aspect as well, because nobody wants to buy a game for <coughs> one and then not be able to play because server issues. That's yeah, always a problem. Right. That was the biggest issue. And you know, the funny thing is, is like I think they've learned from their mistakes somewhat because if you remember correctly, the first beta. They released every fucking story mission that was on Earth, and then like, oh, we're gonna open up a mission for the moon too. And I sat back and I was like, that can't be everything you do on Earth, right? And then the game released, and that's everything you fucking do on Earth. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You you released in the beta a fourth of the fucking game, right? And, and then I was like, mm-hmm. well, how much is left of this fucking game? And <laughs> come to find out. Not much. Not much. Not much, man. So that was the biggest issue. You got a strike, (laughs) and that's about it. (laughs) And the Xbox crowd got one less strike because fuck you very much, I guess. Yeah, that's a that's such a shitty thing to do. That's happening again for Destiny Two, and God, what uh oh, it just boils. I don't need. I'm not even gonna play an Xbox. It bugs me so much because it's a bad consumer thing to do. Yeah, it's (sighs) it's horrible. But yeah, that's that's how they do it. Um, anything else, Ryan? Uh nope that was uh that was pretty much it for me yeah no show no no the show anymore. well yeah I did play I mean I don't even talk about that anymore because that's <laughs> it's like his, it's like his Overwatch you know yeah, 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 says, yeah. he plays well, it every week let me yeah. ask you this do you you make your own character obviously I, I play yes I do Road to the Show do you is your character Ryan Wombold yes okay um when you finally get 
out of the minors or when, when you finally get out of the, the whole, you know, tryouts and everything, yep. do, you, do you let it, the roll of the dice, see how good you are and whichever team no, gets I, you? No, I play every single, oh, you're talking about, no, 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 I choose to be on the Reds. Okay. I, I, that's what I was curious about. Every time I play Road of the Show, I always like, okay, let's see who's, who's going to choose me. And, no, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I now, um, once I'm once I'm out once I'm in free agency I'm going to take the best free agent contract I can get right. but no I I I choose to uh, I have it set me up to play for the Reds I I flirted with the idea of picking up this newest one um, because it's, King Griffey Jr. It's so good I I know and the um and the career mode's even better than it's ever been so it's really it's really good I may just wait till next year's. I mean, at this point, it's not going to be that much longer till next year, so you might as well. When does it usually come out? March? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I might as well just wait till next year, so, although I'm a big King Griffey Jr. fan. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the classic mode is pretty fun. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, how about you, Jay? What all you played? Uh, I played a couple of things. Um, one of the things that I did is I actually finished one game off my backlist, which is always satisfying. Uh, I finished Doom, finally. Uh, that's not even a long campaign, but something happened. I got like midway through. And what happened is that I rented the game, right? And then I returned it because I wasn't, I wasn't playing it because I had some other stuff. And then I bought it again, uh, cause it was, it was on sale during the Gamefly sale. So I got it for like $7 or something stupid. That's a stupid. I had a coupon. Yeah, that's, just, I mean, for Doom. Yeah, certainly. So I, I picked it up, and guess what? I lost my save. I don't know what happened. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so I was halfway through the game, but you know what? I was like, yeah, it's just still a short game. I'm going to get back into it. But what I found out is that I installed the game and didn't really touch it for a bit, and I kept getting updates for Doom, these, like, 23-gig updates. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? And then the day after, I get another 20-gig update, and I checked the total size of Doom, and it's like 90 gigs sitting on my PS4 hard drive. And I'm almost out of space because I download PS Plus stuff all the time and these like sale games that I pick up. So I was like, this this game's got to go. That means I got to beat this game now. So I, I got into it. I really spent uh, like a better part of most of like half of the first week just like playing through it. I just uh, just just kind of went crazy on it. And um, yeah, that's that's a very fun game. It's a very... It's one of those games where you really feel the kill. Yeah. Every every single oh man that those shotgun blasts, it just 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 like a dopamine just straight to the brain. Every <laughs> every single double barrel shotgun to the face of some demon, and then they just explode. Just like yeah, that feels nice. Um, the weapon variety in that game is awesome. The ruins and stuff like that. Uh, customizing the the Doom guy to do whatever I feel like. Um, just feeling like a powerful person, you know? It feels like whenever I'm fighting demons, I'm not thinking about, like, oh, how am I going to survive this? I'm thinking about, like, oh, what would be the best way to murder these assholes? So that's kind of how I feel when I play Doom. And that's good. That's something that, you know, um, it's a very empowering experience. And I know I didn't play in an ultra-violence like Drew did. I, I played that, it and it hurt was, me plenty. That was a fucking mistake for me, okay? Because that was, I, I beat that game, but I was like, the entire time, I was just like, fucking die! You know, I was like, I was like, gritting my teeth the entire time. Every time I was in an arena fighting guys, I was like, oh god. 
Did you use that rune that gives you infinite ammo if you have certain armor plus? I, I never, I never got that one. I don't think. Dude, it's so broken. You power it up, and if you have more than seventy-five armor, you have infinite ammo on all your guns except for the BFG. Mm-hmm. So I just kept using the 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 mobile turret chain gun with infinite ammo. Nothing stood a chance against me after I got that. Like every fight was a joke. Every boss encounter took me one try. Even the last boss and the whatever the three boss thing that you had to do, it was kind of a joke. I kind of felt like I wanted to turn it to the higher difficulty if I were to play the game again because it was a little bit too easy. But maybe there is a huge difference between the two difficulties. I don't know. But uh, either way, I had I had a good time. I do kind of feel bad for the fact that it does set up for a sequel. I kind of wanted a more satisfying ending, to be frank. Uh, but it's a it's a doom game. You know, you don't really play for the story, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, very, very enjoyable. Uh, didn't touch the uh, the multiplayer. Never will. <laughs> After I beat the single player campaign, I, I erased it from my hard drive. Now I have like a hundred extra gigs of space, which is very nice. But uh, yep, yeah, one more game off the list, and uh, about eighteen thousand more to go. So you know, hey, get in there. Sounds like me. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I try not to think about it. Uh, Evo was uh, was last week, yep. last weekend. And whenever I watch Evo, man, I get so so hype about about fighting games. I delve into you know playing a bit of Guilty Gear, playing a bit of Blaze Blue, trying out some characters in training Fire? mode. What the fuck is a Street Fighter? Yeah, I don't know. I don't even think Capcom knows at this point. Yeah, it's, uh, and we will talk about that in uh, news because I'll go over the news that came out on uh, on Evo weekend, which has some pretty cool stuff actually. Yeah. Some some of which you might enjoy, but. Um, yeah, it's like, ah, uh, man, those games are so much fun. Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue, especially. Going back, like, trying out new characters, there's so little carryover from me. Let's say I know how to play, like, Ragnar, Subaki, and, like, Tager. I can't use that knowledge and start playing, like, Azrael. I can't play Izanami. Because the characters work so differently on a fundamental level. And it just has such a dynamic experience. So when I start learning the new characters, I start learning their combos and mechanics. It's just fascinating. The the possibilities of things that I can do for setups and pressures and the like. Uh, just spending hours upon hours. Like I'm not sure if you're like me, Drew, but I have just as much fun in training mode, figuring out strategies and combos, you know, making up on the fly, than I do as much as I have fun playing against other people do you feel oh, yeah. that way at all yeah i have to spend a lot of time in training mode just before i can even go online because i like i was doing that with injustice and that's how i kind of learned a little bit of black adam now i'm no expert by no means in fact mm-hmm. i suck at black adam but like i learned uh, multiple combos through him i, I see you picked the top tier like a scumbag but uh, uh, good job i yeah. didn't even know he was top tier when i picked him <laughs> yeah that's uh that's a cool story bro i know a i was lot just of saying hey this guy that? has the, the Oh, full screen range. Why don't I just choose him? <laughs> well, he has full screen lows. Yeah, <laughs> that does like two hundred damage for no reason. Yeah, it seems alright. It seems alright. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Black Adam is, is is totally bullshit. But I I, I think Injustice Two from a competitive standpoint needs a lot of work. Uh, I see I see the same characters way too much and. From a spectator standpoint, I don't find it that much fun to play, uh, fun to watch. Yeah. Compared to, like, I don't have fun playing Street Fighter Five, but I'll watch like Evo Top Eight and have a blast watching Street Fighter Five, like Top Eight. That's that's good because at the highest level, that game is still fun to watch. It's just not fun to play for me. Uh, but that that's how it is. Um, you ever else- noticed that there's there's this thing, especially nowadays, um, 
because it comes with the territory. The fighting games has have evolved, um, probably in the past five six years. Uh, Street Fighter Four, every character, you know, they had their different types of ultimates and and obviously combos and stuff like that. But they never had that one gimmick. Nowadays, for some reason, every fighting game, every single character has the has to have their own special gimmick. Like with Street Fighter, everybody has a different type of V trigger or V skill, right. and it it like they've been doing that like in Blaze Blue and and yeah, from the very beginning, Guilty, Guilty Gear from the beginning. Fair. But now, like every other game is incorporating that, and I'm just like, I don't know how much I like that. I like how it's, it makes the character feel individual, but then that also means you need to learn every character in order to know how to fight against them. And like, I, I think that's one of the reasons why I love Street Fighter Four so much was that I could be playing El Fuerte going up against Zangief, and I know his moves, but I don't have to be good at that character to know how to fight against him and in this one like even in injustice everybody has a special power you know that they can use and i just uh, i don't know how i feel about that i think it really comes down to their motivation for doing it right and what it actually does after they apply such tactics for example i think one of the biggest factors why capcom started doing it is because they were getting a lot of complaints about the fact that they had a bunch of clone characters right Think about how many Shoto characters there were in Street Fighter 4. You had Ken, you had Ryu, you had Akuma, and you have all these other characters with the same movement, the same same command to do a DP Shuriken uppercut, right? Yeah. So they're like, yeah, we don't want that to be Dan, you know, Dan and all these other characters. So because of that, they're like, whoa, they can't call these characters clone characters if they have these very unique V-triggers. And while that is true, it does have the negative aspect of you having to learn to match up for every single character to even play at even a remotely competitive level. Yeah. So it adds, an, it adds a layer of difficulty that may or may not be welcome depending on who you are. And if you're more of a casual player, yeah, that's a, that's, 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 a, that's more of a detriment than it is a benefit to you. So I, I can completely see what you mean. And also, if you don't have like the hours to put in like a thousand games on Versus, man, you're just not going to find a lot of players that play certain characters at, at high levels. And when you do face one of those guys that play these unique characters at high levels, you're just going to get murdered. And that's, 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 a, that's a problem in a lot of ways. But it's also at the same time, if a fighting game for all you play, that's good. Because it gives you longevity. It gives you kind of motivation to keep playing the game because you still have so much left to learn. But it's, it's, plus, it's pros and cons. I'm not sure uh, where I land in that because... There was a time, man. I had, I think, in like Blaze Blue Continuum Shift, I had over 1,500 online matches uh, clocked in for that game. Because I would play that game like two, three hours every day, except maybe weekends. And I would do that for like two, three months. And that's, that's what I played. You know, I didn't play like Overwatch. I didn't play like Diablo. That's the game that I went to whenever I felt like playing a game that I, you know, didn't have like single player content. Yeah. But I don't have that luxury anymore. You know, when I'm playing other games, I'm playing with my friends on, like, Overwatch, you know, I'm doing this and that. I'm playing a review game. I'm playing, like, a backlog game that I haven't played. So I don't have that uh, ability to really put in the, the time. So that's an issue for, for us, I suppose. But maybe it's not. It's a non-issue for other people. Yeah. Um, let's see. Going back to the games, I've also... I, I had this urge to kind of start, out, start up an old Final Fantasy game on the Vita. 
because I had the Vita with me and I was actually kind of having to go back and forth from the places and waiting a lot. So I I booted, I booted up Final Fantasy VIII. Um, who played Final Fantasy VIII here? I have. You have? I did not. You did not. Um, that game has not aged well. I I don't like that game. Uh, like, did you beat it? Yes. You did. You did beat it. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you say like that's like your least favorite Final Fantasy game, or where would you put that on the the scale of things? Um. You know, it's it's up there with my least favorite. I don't like the characters. Mm-hmm. I really dislike Squall. Um, what? Hey, hey, Drew. Yeah. Whatever. But whatever. Yeah. I mean, it, what, was, it, whatever. Was, this, it was this bullshit. You know, they they took Cloud and like multiplied him by five as far as the angst goes. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't. In this this whole like pseudo love story thing, um, there's actually a really interesting thing. Uh, there's a website called Squall's Dead. If, I heard about if that. If you've yeah. ever been there before. And I, I actually like that theory. The purists out there fucking hate it, but I actually like it. Um, where Squall's it, pretty much dead throughout. All it's of, it's all more. Of the, after Dist 1, he's dead. It's more interesting than what the actual game has to offer, exactly. is what I'll say. Because the, the amount of Deus Ex Machina and Final Fantasy VIII, as far as the storyline and plot elements go, is is juvenile. It's amateurish how bad that is. So if they if the big twist was that he was dead along and this was some kind of some some delusional dream that he had in the in the brief last moments of his life, that would make a whole lot more sense yeah. than than what actually happens. But from a gameplay standpoint, boy, I didn't like Junction when I first played Final Fantasy VIII back in the day, and I still don't like it now. It just feels very limited. Yeah. And then every character, you like, it's always, what, 10,000 experience points and you level up? Yeah, and the enemies level up with you, with so you, you never really feel like super overpowered until you get the end game gear. Um, it's good for difficulty in some senses, but I like I like being able to power level and feeling overpowered. You know, that's like an option that I enjoyed having. Yeah. Uh, so not, not being able to do that is kind of a bummer. And also, the thing that hit, makes me hate about the junction the most is that every time you switch a character... You have to rejunction them because you don't have enough stuff to junction all your characters at once uh, around the beginning and midway through the game. So every time I want to switch out a character, I have to unequip all the junctions on the character I'm unequipping. I gotta look through the stats. I gotta see like, okay, which which uh, guardian force I'm gonna put on this guy, and I can't ter- I can't take off the guardian force from the character window when they're not the one selected. So I gotta go back to that character. I gotta put him back in. I gotta go, and it's like the whole it's a menu massacre. For all the things that you have to do, there's like status effect things that you got to do. I appreciate what they're trying to do, but the execution was very, <clears throat> very, very lackluster, and it just became like a clusterfuck. And like you said, like the characters were never good, and um, you know, just like I said, it, it hasn't aged well. The writing, the storytelling, the plot elements. If you go back to Final Fantasy VII, uh, you know, six, whatever game that you like, it hasn't aged, it hasn't aged well. Because we we've gone much much further as far as the way we tell stories, the writing and games and translating especially has come a lot longer as well. So yeah, I kind of bummed out. I was hoping that maybe you know I would uh, maybe play through Final Fantasy VIII, but I probably won't. Uh, I had a better experience with Final Fantasy IX when I played through that last year. I was about to say, well, you you played through it last year. I was going to say, why didn't you do nine? Yeah, I played through it last year, so I didn't want to go back to it again. Yeah. And Final Fantasy VII, I'm saving myself for whenever the remake might come out. So I don't want to go into it feeling like I just finished Final Fantasy VII already. No, I'll see so, you in six years. Yeah, exactly. 
but it's going to be a two-parter, so we'll, we'll see if we get that one earlier. Uh, let's see. Lastly, I also finally got around to playing the Crash Trilogy. I Gamefly data came in the mail. Uh, I installed it, and I didn't touch it for like a week and a half. And I finally booted it up, and I still don't like Crash. I never did in the PS1 generation. I don't now. It looks nice. Uh, I think it has, it has a lot of charm to what it does. I like all the really silly death animations that you have. There's such a variety of them. So it's not like, oh, you, you get your guy just jumps in the air and just dies. There's so many different ones. And um, the difficulty seems fine to me. It just doesn't... Platformers just don't interest me as, as they used to when I was a kid. Mm. I need something more than just the gameplay element. I need something... I need, like, a story. I need some kind of progression. You know, does your character progression mean getting stronger or, like, leveling up or... You know, getting some kind of like a character action vibe to it. And I don't get that with Crash. And I understand it's just a remaster. Uh, well, it's technically a remake. But it's a remake of an old PS1 generation of games. So I get that these games are a part of their time. But that's fine and dandy. But this is 2017. You know, you're, you're competing against some of the best games to come out in the last decade. And going back to games that plays like PS1 games isn't really going to do it. Um, at, at least for me, but I do believe, yeah, that that about runs me out. Okay. Well, um, I played a lot of Overwatch as usual. Oh, uh, we um, we also, me and you, played the uh, strike, or we played all of pretty much Destiny together. Yeah, we did one competitive rank. We did one competitive quick play. We did the strike, and then you know, we did all the things. Yeah. Um, trying to think. I've been playing some more of The Witcher 3. How's yeah. that going? So, I, I mentioned in our email, and I'll mention it here. Uh, I know Ken mentioned that the Dandelion quest line was tedious yep. and boring. Yep. Come to find out, the Dandelion quest line is tedious and boring. I swear to God, this has happened at least five times. we got to go find Dandelion. Well, let's go talk to this guy. He may have some information. I then go talk to that guy, and he either A, has information for me, to which I need to go talk to another person that has information, or B, I kill that person and then find a note that gives me information to go talk to another person for information. This has happened five times. It's like an infinite fucking loop. And I swear to God, I just want to find this fucker so I can move on. Yeah, I promise you it's not infinite. <laughs> I am going to an island where supposedly he is being held. I get the feeling he's not going to be there when I get there. Uh, I think, though, you're getting close to the end of the quest. It's been so long since I played it, I can't remember. Yeah. But I think you're getting to the end. And I don't... Like, there's this guy who's kind of like the mob boss that I've yep. been dealing with. And I don't, oh. I don't remember him from The Witcher 2 at all. Uh, is it Jeekstra? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he was in Witcher 2. Oh, well, see, I, um, I was thinking... He's big in the books. Okay, he was in the books. See, I was... They kept saying, yeah, you remember, like, you know, a few years ago you did this with me and I don't trust you and also... And I was like, was that in Witcher 2 and I just don't remember it? I don't remember if he was in Witcher 2 or not. Yeah. I don't I was, think he was. He, he may not have been. It may be one he, of those. But yeah, yeah, he's he, definitely a big character in the books. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I've been dealing with him. I think I finally just wrapped up what I was doing with him. In fact, I... Feel like I made a choice that may come back to haunt me. I'm not certain. 
Uh, you can, you and I can talk about it after the show. Yeah. Okay. The uh, he's he he can play a relatively significant role as the story progresses through Novigrad. Okay. And actually, even further past that, there's a there's a major quest that um, uh, he plays a major role in. Okay. But yeah, I've been playing through that. Um, I played and finished my review of Yonder. Um, to begin with, I was kind of high on this game. Um, it was really cool. I really liked the look of it and everything like that. But then when I got deeper into it, I just realized that they tried to throw everything at the kitchen sink at this game. And while it's all there, it's all shallow. Mm. So they have the harvest moon aspect where you can make your own farm and, you know, raise animals and do all sorts of stuff there. But it, it it's not required. And the main crux of the game is to finish these quests. So then you just kind of abandon the farm to do other things. So it's weird. It's like you, you're trying to gather things to help people in quests. Sometimes you have to find things that then create the things that they want. Um, the exploration is the best part of that game. Um, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed that part of it. But it just felt like there's no combat. So there's no real difficulty it's basically i mean if for the lack of a better term it's kind of a walking simulator but you can go wherever the hell you want to and the world's beautiful it's it's absolutely beautiful but um i just feel like there was so many there's just so many mechanics in that game that are useless or if you wanted to get into them it, it would be kind of shallow um I, I don't know, like, I, I, I did my review, and I feel like, and I honestly still feel the same way. I don't know how I really feel about that game, because I, I enjoyed the exploration of it, but at the same time, if you wanted, if you, if you go into that game trying just to beat it, then you're, you're gonna have kind of a bland time. How, how does that game even end? It sounds like a game that goes on forever. It doesn't. You, you're, you're basically trying to discover the secrets of this place that you're at, and so you mm-hmm. constantly get, quests saying okay we'll go here and talk to this person and go here and explore this area and you'll learn more about it because they like there's places that are that are kind of uh, uh blocked off by this thing called murk and you can't go past it without the help better of than taint yeah <laughs> and you can't you can't go past it unless you get these like little fairy creatures that you find in the environment so you have to obviously go around and look for these creatures and then they help you clear the murk out that you, and then you can progress further. So that's where the exploration comes into play. Uh, and then on top of that, they have collecting everything. So you can, you'll get like, a la Minecraft, you'll get like, uh, hammers where you can break stones and you can collect stones and you use the stones and branches to, co- you know, create different things. Then you'll run into side quests where like, hey, I need 20 of these. And then you'll go get them. So it's kind of like your standard fetch quest stuff. Um, I like the style of it. But in the end, the gameplay is just kind of shallow to me. Okay, I think I get the gist of how you feel. It feels like you enjoy some aspects of it a lot, but the overall experience kind of feels lacking because there just isn't that many compelling things to do. Yeah. Okay, I get you. But yeah, that's that's pretty much yonder. Um, I would say if you are interested in it, uh, I would definitely wait for a price drop. Um and then probably just go into it not expecting Harvest Moon, which was what I was originally thinking. Because, like, oh, I can build a farm and do all this stuff and raise animals. And uh, But I was like, 
but that's not the main part of the game and it's not really fleshed out that much. So, I don't know. Um, I think that's about it. I, I can't think of really anything else that I've played. I, I, I played To the Moon for Phoenix Down, which we're going to be talking about that next week. Did you finish playing it already or? I'm, I'm at the last act, which from what I understand is about an hour. Uh, why don't you give a nice little preview for what people can expect? How do you feel about the game? Uh, it's not a game particularly. Mm-hmm. It's mainly a story driven kind of, uh, there, there's no, there, there, there is no way to fail this game. It's basically just let's, let's watch how this game plays out kind of right. thing. Um, it tells a, a pretty decent story. Um, you're, you're basically, uh, the, the gist is you, you, you play as these two people who are, uh, they work for a company that, uh, comes to people who have terminal illnesses or who, who are dying and they can basically go into their mind and give them their wish. So it's kind of like a make a wish foundation, but in futuristic settings. Uh, and they, they go into the mind of this man who is dying and he wants his wishes to go to the moon. And they're like, okay, well, how the hell do we do that? And so they have to go through all of his past memories and you start to learn like throughout his life, what has happened to him. And there's, there's, there's pretty sad moments in it and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's, it's trying to be, you know, a tearjerker. How do you feel about the music? The music's fantastic. Yeah, I think that is definitely the best part of the of the game because they use the music in a lot of different ways from a narrative <clears throat> standpoint, and obviously to invoke certain emotions and such. And uh, that's the thing that I came away with when I finished uh, To the Moon. Like I listened to that soundtrack, and uh, whenever I hear the song, it's like I I get certain feelings. You know, I get I kind of get taken back into that moment of time where I was seeing that dramatic moment unfold. Yeah, and I think. Not only do you have to have really good, you know, arrangement in order for that to happen, and also you have to have the moment spot on tied with the music, and the game does that very well. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's, it's enjoyable time. You know, it's it's just it's basically like a lot of reading, but you know, I I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm close to the end, um, but yeah, it's uh, you can hear more about that on Phoenix Down. Me and Matt will be talking about that. And then it's off to Bowser's Inside Story. Oh, that's the game you guys are going with next. Yep. Uh, Matt's what... going to be moving, so he wanted to do a portable game. Ah, smart. Uh, that's the 3DS game, right? Um, it's actually a DS yeah. game. Yeah, it's Is DS. It? Oh, I thought I had that game. Maybe. Oh, maybe I had it for DS, and then I just never finished it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. But we're going to be doing that. Um... That was been on the list for a while because I remember playing it years ago and saying this is actually kind of funny. So yeah, I a lot of those, a, I a, a, little bit. a lot of those like the Mario and Luigi games on 3DS are really funny. Yeah, that's that that was the big takeaway for me was like I, I reviewed um, God, what was the last Mario and Luigi game? It was Paper Jam, I think it was what yep. it was called, where yep. they te- they team yep. up with Paper Mario. Which and is I was, awesome. Yeah, it's a great game. There's a shit ton of mechanics to it, but yep. I was like, uh, this is actually, they have a lot of comedy in it. And even um, Color Splash. Yeah. There was multiple times in Color Splash where I was like, huh, that's actually funny. Yeah, uh, they poke a lot of fun at themselves, those yeah. games too. That, that's, they're great. Um, but yeah, we're going to be doing that. That's about it though for me. 
can't think of anything else. Okay. Um, so what do we do normally? Do we do new releases or do we go into news? We usually do new, new releases. releases first and then we go into the news, which I have the new releases here. All right. Let's go for it. Okay. Well, let's see here. July 25th, we have on the PlayStation 4 Mini Infinite Mini Golf, which is also coming to the Switch. Uh, PC and PS4 is getting Avon Colony? Avon Colony? No idea. Mm-mm. Uh, PS4 Neo is getting Defiant Honor, which I guess is DLC. Are you you excited for that, Jay? Uh, eh, Are you done done with Neo? The thing about Neo is that, like, I got, you know, I got the new DLC and I didn't finish it. So I'm actually not prepared for the second bit of DLC that's going to add even another layer of difficulty. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to it, but I have to beat the one that you know that I haven't finished yet before. But I, I will get to it. Uh, PS4 and Xbox One, uh, Mafia Three getting some more DLC. Sign of the Times. I can't believe they're still making DLC for that game. Yeah, that's actually kind of surprising. I, I guess they have to because they had the season pass and all, right? Uh, yeah. So yeah. they got to got to make good on that. Yeah. Uh, also, finally, for years and years and years, PC and PS4 is finally getting Fortnite. Yeah, you guys keep talking about this game, and I actually saw a bit of a stream for it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks kind of neat. It, it reminds me of Orcs Must Die, uh, where you play a hero and you build towers and defenses and such. But for this game in particular, it looks like the defenses that you build are much more customizable. It actually kind of looks like you know you know how you can build like your fort and stuff like that in Fallout Four. Mm-hmm. So you have that much control. You can like build stairways, you can build walls, and you can build different things in order to kind of uh, stop these like zombies or whatever these things are to coming at you. So it looks interesting, but once again, it's it's gonna be a free to play game, which makes me automatically less interested. Yeah. Gearbox once again. Uh, let's see here. Fable Fortune for PC and Xbox One. Uh, is this the card game? Yes. Okay. That's a, that's, that's a card game nobody asked for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's see here. PC and PS4 is getting super cloud built. I think Ken reviewed that. Okay. Or is reviewing that. Let's see. Uh, PC for Pressure Overdrive. No idea what that is. PS4 is getting Smashbox Arena. Nope. Xbox One and PS4 is getting Constructor HD. Which the cover looks like a man looking out of a window. Looks like a mobster. Like a 1920s mobster. Hmm. Mm. Uh, Let's see here. Switch and PC is getting Fate slash Extella the Umbral Star. I, I reviewed that game. It's not great, but it's not bad. Okay. Uh, unbox Newbies Adventure. PS4 and Xbox One. Looks like a bunch of boxes with faces on them. Eesh. Pressure Overdrive again. The Retro City Rampage X, or DX, excuse me, is uh, coming to Switch. Tokyo 42 for the PS4. What? What is that? Don't know. 
That is in. That's actually July. Looks um, like an indie game. Uh, PS Vita is getting Caller X Malice. This I think looks, I've heard of that like game. It's like game. A, it looks like an RPG game, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I have to look into it. I don't know who's making it. Okay. And then uh, Metopia uh, for the 3DS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, July, as we said before, is is pretty dry as far as like the big, big, big game releases Holy go. Sh- dude, you're not kidding, dude. There's nothing here. There's and that's good. Four games for July, as far as I know. What do you mean, four games for July? Like, no, I'm I'm just saying, like for the rest of it, like the big oh, ones. Okay. Like I don't know of any of these other ones. Uh, that's good, man. It gives us it gives us time to breathe and actually catch up on some games. Uh, but also, you have to remember, next week we're going to be getting uh, the the Doomfist patch for Overwatch. True. Uh, and you know, a couple other things and such like patches, like the new thing. And uh, but I don't know. It, it really comes down to what you're interested in. But I think we needed this month off because when you, when we get to August, things are going to start coming out. You're going to get like Yakuza Kiwami. You're going to get, uh, I think there's one other big game coming out in August uh, that I'm personally interested in anyway. Oh, so got Hellblade's coming out in August. Yeah, the... that's, that's that's an odd game because I, I haven't heard anything much about that game still. Yeah, StarCraft uh, Remaster's coming out in August. Yeah, so we're also getting Uncharted, The Lost Legacy in August as well. Yep. And uh, that ought to be good. And also, I know you guys are interested in everybody's golf also coming out in august uh, yep i'm actually really excited for that game yeah yeah, yeah. uh your excitement your collective excitement makes me interested in it is, is all i say because i don't really like golf or golf games in particular uh and then when september hits the fucking floodgates open and yep. they're drowned in games because i look at my game fly list and i have let's see i have eight games Coming out in September on my game fly list. <laughs> that is insane. Oh, um, I didn't know this. Uh, Pillars of Eternity is coming out on PS4 and Xbox One in August. Um, Ryan, you may actually want to look into that. Uh, I've heard that. Um, I've heard that, I, that that's a game that I should check out. So yeah, you're yes. you're someone that enjoyed like Baldur's Gate back in the day, right? Yes, that's you, that, it's Baldur's you, Gate. Yeah, you gotta. It's Baldur's Gate with some modern sensibilities. Yeah, it's so, really cool. I'm definitely. actually playing it on PC. What's it called? One more time. Pillars of Eternity. Pillars of Eternity. That's right. It's made, okay. it, yeah. made by Obsidian, and yeah. uh, they also released Tyranny, uh, which is kind of like a pseudo sequel, but not really. Um, it's interesting because you actually play as the villains in it. Ooh, mm-hmm. that actually makes me interested more. Yeah. I already have Tyranny. I just haven't booted it up yet. But I will say I put about 15 hours into Pillars of Eternity. Excellent game. Yes. There's so much, so many things you can possibly do. And the, the combat is uh, strategic and satisfying. Yeah. But that's it for new releases. Nothing much. That's, that's good, man. That's like I, I appreciate this downtime because... I've been trying to catch up with games and you know whenever a new game comes out and I don't play it I feel like you know I don't I'm not talking about it on the podcast I kind of feel bad cuz I feel like I'm not contributing to the conversation even though I'm not you know like obligated in any way but it yeah, feels I don't like contribute people... to any conversation don't worry about it it's fine Ryan from you were the one that contributed the fact you know the objective fact that Horizon Zero Dawn is a better game than Zelda Breath of the Wild it's True 
and that uh, we've established as, as, as fact, and everyone else on the internet now agrees with us. So, I mean, you know, you, you, you contributed in that aspect, so I think that's, that's true. Yeah, that's a, that's a good aspect. Uh, but let, let's go straight into news. Um, last week, we had Evo. We had some big announcements during the during the, the final uh, final eight on Sunday on the big uh, Mandalay Bay Arena. Uh, so let's go with the one that I don't think anyone really won. Street Fighter V announced a new character called Abigail. Yep. Who the fuck is Abigail, Drew? I had never heard of this person before in my life. Is he like a final final fight? What, what was that side scroll and beat him up on Super Nintendo called? That was is final it final fight. fight? Final fight. Final fight. Is, is he one of those characters? Because it kind of looks like an even bigger hagger. Yeah, I don't know. I have never heard of this character. Like, hands down, the ugliest character ever introduced in a Street Fighter game that I've seen so far. It's like looking at his character art. I understand that not every not every character has to look pleasing. You know, some character can look you know ugly or intimidating, but he just looks dumb, goofy, and ugly. And I, I I dislike everything about this character. I am looking this character up here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Abigail, while you did that. Yeah, you're okay. correct. Abigail uh, debuted as a boss in the beat-em-up game Final Fight. So, yes, he is from Final why, Fight. Why is he in Street Fighter V? We don't have fucking Sagat, but we get Abigail? He's yeah. Canadian. Yeah. That's why he's in the game. Because mm-hmm. he's Canadian. Canadian, they got an A. A boat? Yeah, they gotta they gotta have one mandatory Canadian in the game. His likes are bananas, big cars, and death metal. His dislikes is rust. Oh, okay. Anyway, that's what Street Fighters. Street, Street Fighter Five is a consistent source of disappointment as as uh, as ever. Evil announced that they will have an Evil Japan, and uh, surprisingly, uh, they will uh, be featuring Arms as one of the fighting game tournaments. Holy shit! Yeah, so um, good on arms. I, I haven't touched the game yet, but I know some people are really enjoying it. And I'm interested to see what the game looks like at the highest level. So I'll definitely be tuning in to watch that. Uh, speaking of uh, uh, added characters and games that are not bad, Geese Howard from the legendary Fatal Fury series is making his way to Tekken 7. That was, why the fuck you not? Have, <laughs> you have Okuma, you have Geese Howard and Heihachi in the same game. That is sick. Uh, <laughs> every character in every um, Tekken game is just evil. They just—they're all evil. Yeah, they, all they are. And Tekken Seven characters are all statistically evil. Yes. Uh, it's funny because Akuma is technically the good guy trying to do something right. Yeah, in, for in, once, Akuma is the good guy. Which is the funniest thing because he's the ultimate bad guy in Street Fighter Universe. Yeah, he's a fucking demon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He just murders dudes and kill, you know just fights them. But, um, I mean, Okuma plays awesome and really interestingly in Tekken 7 because he actually still retains a lot of what makes him a Street Fighter character. So yeah. I expect the same for Geese Howard. And uh, just getting those counters and just yell, predictable! That's going to be a good time. Um, Dragon, uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, Fighters shares a trailer for the new character Trunks. And they also detailed new characters Piccolo and Krillin earlier this week as well. And boy, more... Every time, this is like the opposite of Marvel's Capcom Infinite, where the more I see of this game makes me want to play it more. And the more I see of Infinite, I just want to play it less. It bums me out. But that's how I feel. I, the, I suck at Arc System Works games. 
I suck at them, but I am buying this DBZ game day you're one. You're damn right you're buying this game. It looks fucking amazing. Yeah. And they they're making they're making it so that it's uh a little bit more accessible to uh, to new players. Remember playing Persona 4 Arena, Drew? Yeah, you keep hitting the A button and it does yeah, yeah, combo. Yeah, they, they, yeah, it had they have that same aspect with some easier reversals and such. So it's a easier easier uh, system to kind of grasp from a casual standpoint. Obviously, it's an Arxis game. It's going to have depth to spare uh, from all the people that I that got their hands on the game at Evo and during the E3 that I've talked to. Uh, they 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 have nothing but the high praise for the game, and uh, I'm incredibly excited for it. It's not coming out to 2018, but it already looks like it's ready to come out tomorrow. It's how it's how polished that game looks. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite uh, announced that they will have Jetta from the Darkstalkers. Um, despite how I feel about Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite and the way it's shaping up, I do like the fact that more Darkstalker characters are getting in because uh, that's an underrated making, series. Aren't they making a remake of it or something? Dude, I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty man. sure they were doing like some kind of remake or a remaster of the first Darkstalkers. I the feel like about, I hear about a Darkstalkers remake or remaster every couple years. Yeah, exactly. So... It's so difficult to discern what is rumor and what is reality. Yeah. Because people talk about it in, in rumor speak. Because like you know, it's whenever, whenever something gets renewed as a license or yeah. something like that, but they always. Or whenever so. there's a disappointing Capcom fighting game on the horizon. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Blaze Blue uh, adds the new character Jubei. Uh, he's one of the one of the six heroes and a character that people have been asking for for from the very beginning because he plays an integral part in the story. So is is very important character, and to see him in action is gonna be sick. It already looks so cool. I'm definitely gonna be picking him up. They will have a balancing patch where they add a lot of changes to the characters for free, and it is assumed that Jubei will be a DLC character for pay to uh to purchase, which is fine by me. I just want the balancing patch and the new character. Uh, I think to me the the biggest uh the biggest news uh, was the Blaze Brew cross t- uh, tag battle. And did you see the little trailer for that, Drew? I sure did. That is like, that is insane. They they're putting in like four different types of games into one. This you have the Blaze Blue characters, you have the Persona Four Arena characters, you have the Uniel character under Night and Birth, you have Red, White, and Blue and Yellow, Red, White, Black, and Yellow. I I don't watch the series, I don't know, but I know that's very popular. And uh, they're putting characters from that, and there's rumors of possibly Guilty Gear characters in that too. So it's like a fan made a, a game that he wants. You know, it's a game called Mugen, and you can just download and put in whatever right. fight, whatever mm-hmm. fighting game character you want to fight each other. And it feels like they're making that, but with official characters, with all the policy that Arxis is known for. And uh, holy they, shit! Didn't they have a game like that where like you could play as like DBZ characters versus like fucking Transformers yeah. and shit Mugen. like that? Yeah, Mugen. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no, no. no, no. The, like this was like a licensed game. I don't think it only came out in Japan. Uh, the the licensing alone would too, be too much of a nightmare to actually have it official. I bet it was a fan game, like I don't a Dota game. I'm pretty sure that, that they made that game. Hey uh, man, Google it. I, it. I guess I can't go. Go ahead and keep talking about the crossover game. Yeah, so not much is known about how the game's going to play, but it's going to be uh, a two-on-two game, and it's going to have, like, tag arts and such. And just the sheer amount of variety of characters and also the phenomenal music that is in all of these games, by the way. Arxis games might be known for their fighters and how balanced... Not, not so much balanced, but how, like, how dynamic each of the characters feel to play. 
but they're also known for their phenomenal soundtracks. I've had, like Ryan, have you ever heard like a song from like a Guilty Gear game or anything? Oh like yeah, that? I used to. Ken and I used to play Guilty Gear uh, Reload all the time on uh, the original Xbox. Tell me how you feel about that soundtrack, man. It's awesome. It pumps you up. Exactly, exactly. And they've gone like further and further. They have remixes. They have different takes. So many new character themes, and they've been doing it for decades now at this point. And they're, I think, I think as far as music and fighting games go, they're the top of the class. So to see all these soundtracks, all these characters in one arena, like having like Subaki from Blaze Blue tag team with like Yosuke from Persona Four, that's like, oh, that is like my dream team. Because I had a I had a banner of the characters that I used to play, and those two characters were featured in the banner because they're the characters that I made for those specific games. Right. But the fact that I can play them in one game is like a dream come true. I didn't I never expected this to happen. I was hoping for a Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue crossover, but uh, I never expected so many different games to cross over into one. And um, wow, 2018! What a what a year for fighting games. They have the Dragon Ball Fighter Z. And uh, the Blaze Blue cross tag uh, battle and Arxis is just fucking knocking out of the park. It looks like. Uh, uh, Drew, you got some follow up on that Google search? Uh, no, nah, I can't find the one thing that ke- keeps popping up is J Star's victory. No, that's not quite it. That's just uh, the Shonen Jump stuff. Yeah, I, I swear yeah. to God, I remember seeing. Like, I remember my my old roommate was talking about, it and he showed me like video of it, and it was a real game. It wasn't like some bullshit Mugen stuff. Dude, Mugen is totally legit. Like you can have a you can have a real Mugen game. Like I know that, but what I'm saying is like this actually was released in stores. Hey man, if you want if you want to have Jackie Chan fight Goku, there's only one place to go. You know, it's, it's Mugen. It's uh, it's the only place you're gonna get that matchup. So, yeah. uh, and lastly and uh, not not least, this was kind of a surprise. Uh, remember that April Fool's game where they just kind of showed off that Arika made game where uh, it looks like Street Fighter EX is coming back again. Uh huh. Yep. Now that is real. No longer an April Fool's joke. It's a real game. It's coming out in uh, 2018. And it's got... Uh, I know Ken would, is, was super excited to hear that Skull of Mania is coming back on it. And he's a really fun character to play as. And uh, I know I understand that the Street Fighter EX series were vastly underrated. And the later iterations weren't as good as the first two games. But I still enjoy them. And I like the fact that Arika is actually getting back into making fighting games again, which... You know, spurned on by the positive response of an April Fool's joke, no less. <laughs> and I always found that pretty pretty comical. Uh, as far as other news goes, non uh, evil related, um, Splatoon 2 came out and they already started to release new guns and such. And I think that's one of the best parts of Splatoon is the fact that they have such good support around it. They have those events where you have to pick sides and you have certain maps that unlock uh, and then you have these... Uh, weapons and loadouts that unlock over time. As long as you don't want to use voice chat. <laughs> yeah, um, let's see. How does that voice chat work exactly? Do you, has anyone has anyone tried it out or anyone know anything about it? Like, what, no what idea. It I just know you got to have the app and like that headphone adapter thing. Yeah, that's... It, I saw that's, a picture of the setup required for it and it looks just absolutely crazy. I saw the setup too and then somebody tweeted, I think it was Tate tweeted a picture of it and then had Robin Williams saying, what year is this? <laughs> <laughs> that is Nintendo, man. For all the things they do right, they screw up such easy things, don't they? I don't know why. Why in the fuck would you do that? Why would you require somebody to have a fucking cell phone? I might as well just fucking call the person. 
Right. Yeah. Did you did you know that the Vita actually has a mic port, so you can actually talk to people while you're playing the game? Mm. Yeah, it, it does. Uh, I used it before while I was playing Worms and some other games and this, such. Hey, guess what? The DS has it too. The 3DS. Does it? I actually never used it for 3DS. Yeah, the 3DS. I remember playing Pokemon with uh, actually Mike Futter, and he could okay. he, he could hear me through his 3DS when I was talking to him. Mm. It's like go go figures. It's almost like you can. Put a put a mic on your device very very easily with you know what they should with have no done? drawback whatsoever. What they should have done was they should have said, "Hey, if you want to do voice chat on the Switch, you need to buy a 3DS and use the 3DS." To- <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the smart thing to do. Yeah, they'd be like, "Money everywhere, guys. You know, my body's uh, ready." That's I. You know, we joke about that, but if they did do that, it would not have surprised me because the way Nintendo figures it, like everyone has a 3DS. You know, so might as well just use it as an as an element because they did that link play thing with 3ds and the GameCube and everything else in between for so long. To the DS and the GameCube and stuff. So, yeah, but that's that's Nintendo for you. Everything that they do right, they always have something they royally screw up because they're so out of touch. Uh, yep. Square Enix prepared for their Xenogears 20th anniversary with a new action figure project. And the thing that interests me about this is that not the action figure project because it goes. Whenever there is an anniversary, like a big anniversary of a beloved classic, there often is an announcement for a remaster or a remake. So maybe, you know, Xenogears is certainly beloved. It's certainly an old game that has not aged as well as, uh, you know, you would have liked. No. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure Drew can attest to this having played that game for 60,000 hours. Mm-hmm. So, you know... I would love to see that game again because if Xenogears, maybe if Xenogears becomes more popular, we can get a continuation of the Xenosaga remakes. We get like a trilogy because uh, the Dot Hack series, the next news piece I'm going into is uh, you'll you'll be focused that uh, this is all relevant to my interests and my interests only. So you know, just bear. <laughs> I'm not covering shit that I don't care about because you know I don't have any. How about that new Madden game, Jay? The fuck is a Madden, man? <laughs> I don't, I don't know what that he is. He did a bunch uh, of Tanactin commercials back in the eighties. Uh, boom, boom, Tanactin, Tanactin. Tough well, acting, Tanactin. Yeah, tough acting, Tanactin. Thank you. That was gonna, that would have haunted me for the day if I didn't hear it right. Um, but yeah, and uh, Dot Hack Gu. Did you play this game series in the PS2 generation, Drew? Yeah, I don't remember much of it. Um, I think I played the first one. Mm-hmm. One of them was called it, Viral or something like that. Uh, I think you're thinking of the original Dot Hack games, not the Dot Hack GU. Which oh was, no, uh, I did not play the GU games. I played the originals. Uh, yeah, the originals were good in their own way, and they paved the way. But the GU games were where they really stood out and made a foundation for themselves, and really became something stellar. And uh, the three GU games are actually getting, uh, you know, remaster, 60 frames per second, 1080p, uh, some extra stuff that they haven't even announced yet. But it's going to come on one disc, and we have a retail copy coming out uh, before the end of this year. So I'm actually very excited for that. How many of those games came out? I feel like there were a bunch. There were either, I think there were four games for the original Dot Hack series, and then there's three games for the GU series. Um, people look at like Sword Art Online as something like, oh, this is the game series that really started this whole pseudo being stuck in MMO world. And no, Dot Hack is the one that really, really went with the flow. Uh, they also have an anime series. Uh, they had a manga series. It was pretty popular for its time, but it was, uh, it was forgotten over time. But to see it back 
in good form. I think those games should have aged pretty well. So I'm excited to go back and uh, play those games again. Uh, let's see here. What else? A lot, of, a lot of game releases for stuff. People making announcements for things that are coming out. Oh, the SNES Mini Walmart pre-orders lasted, uh, came up online uh, yesterday, actually. And it lasted 38 minutes before going out of stock. 38 minutes. Fantastic. 30 minutes. 30 minutes. And, yeah, and the orders are already being canceled. So it lasted 30 minutes and orders being canceled. So good luck finding your SNES minis, people, if you want to buy that on launch date. You know, Nintendo, just fuck off. I mean, seriously, that's so stupid. Apparently there are a whole lot of people who have not heard. Never mind. I'm not going to go there. But emulators? Let it go. Yeah, we'll talk about them. <laughs> fuck it. Ken's not here. <laughs> That's right. We can do whatever. We- That's not home, guys. Mm-hmm. I'm not even wearing pants, guys. I'm wearing- I'm Wait, you guys normally wear pants for this thing? Sometimes, you know. Sometimes. I, I didn't even wear pants for the video one that we did a couple years ago. Everything was waist up. It's fair game. It's fair game. It's what were you saying, Drew? Nothing. I was just saying it's stupid that they only made so many. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Because it seems to be immensely popular. More popular than it perhaps deserves. I'll go there. Because it is, it is pretty basic in a lot of ways. And it doesn't include, like, Chrono Trigger. It doesn't include, like, Turtles in Time. Which I think are two quintessential Super Nintendo games for its legacy. But whatever. I, I guess people still really, really, really want it. Uh, it, it is what it is. And, uh, well, next week we also have some stuff dropping for Overwatch. The loot patch is dropping, as well as Doomfist himself. So if you haven't been on, if you're on console, and obviously you don't have PTR to play, uh, you get your, you get your hands on Doomfist for the first time. And, um, I can attest that he's a very cool character. But don't expect to use him and get free kills all day, because he is still very difficult to use properly. But once you get good at, you know, timing those, uh, those rocket punches and getting out in time after you get your, you get your kills done, He's very, very popular. I mean, powerful. And actually, he's going to be very po- power, uh, popular the first week anyway, because you know how it is the first week a new character comes out, everyone needs to play him immediately. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's that's basically it for news that I can think of. Okay. Well, it just so happens I do have the Twitter. Did you? Were you the one that tweeted that out, or did Ken do it for us? I did that. Uh, okay. Ken did send me the login for the Twitter. So. Okay, okay, so he's, so he's alive. So he's alive. He is That's alive, good. yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we don't have any... We may have emails, but we will get to them next week. Uh, but we will go to the Twitter. Let's see here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nivek says, Comic-Con's been good. Justice League trailer looks hot. Yeah, there's a lot of trailers yeah. coming out of Comic-Con. Oh. I saw the uh, Ready Player One trailer. I can't wait for that. Yeah, let's, let's talk about some trailers, actually. Um... There was the first trailer actually I saw was the uh, ooh Pacific Pacific Rim Uprising. Yeah. How do you guys feel about the original movie? I fucking love that movie. Didn't see I, it. Ryan, you're I'm killing a, me, man. I'm not a huge movie guy, so I don't. The, most of the if we're talking about movies, I probably mm-hmm. haven't seen most of them. Ryan, Pacific Rim is just a good time. Watch it with it. your kid. Yeah, it's just, it's huge robots fighting huge monsters in the most beautiful visuals that you've seen. 
Like you can see the gears inside of the robots cranking and turning as each punch is wound up. It's beautiful, man. And then at one point they use a ship as a as a baseball bat too. This <laughs> is it's just like grossly fun, and it's got some really good acting uh, here and there with some good cameos. Uh, and the fact that it's getting a sequel, even though it didn't do particularly well in the box office, it did well in Blu-rays and such. So it's kind of got that going. So that that looks good. It's a bit of a teaser that showed off some of the new uh, Jaegers. That um, it seems to be a prequel, right? This is how that works, right, Drew? Yeah, I think yeah, so. A, yeah, because I think you're seeing Igdris Albus character. Yeah. From when they started the uh, the whole like Jaeger Corp and stuff the like beginning that. Beginning so of it. Yeah, so that's very that's very exciting because there can never be too much giant robots on giant monster fights because. Michael Bay sure as can't get stupid robots, right? So you know someone else got to take the helm, and uh, Del Toro surely can't do it. That's yeah, I can't suggest it enough. If you have not seen Pacific Rim, see it because it is just it's just fun. That's the whole point of the <laughs> movie. Is. There's there, there's uh, a moment in that movie. I don't want to ruin it, but there's a moment in that movie that I fucking loved. I saw it in theaters, and when it happened, I mean it's not that big of a deal. It, so there's a there's a part in the in the movie where they're flying in the air. A monster has their Jaeger, <laughs> and they're flying in the air, and they're like, "We can't, we're screwed. We don't have anything. We have no more weapons." And they're like, "We don't have. We haven't used one." And she points to this gigantic button that says "sword," and they <laughs> they hit they hit the button, and this like whip sword comes out, and they slash the the monster. And I remember I looked over at my buddy, and I was like. They fucking made this movie for me. <laughs> Cause I was like, cause I had the biggest smile on my face. This is so fucking anime. And I was like, it I is. fucking love it. It's so good, man. I'm telling you. That was you. the most Power Ranger Ultron moment of the whole movie and it was glorious. Yeah. I was like, I couldn't help but just laugh. And I remember there was this kid who was sitting like a couple of rows in front of us. And I, every five minutes he'd just go, whoa. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I feel the same way, kid. It was so good. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I saw the Justice League trailer. Um, let's let's talk about that. Ryan, did you see any of these trailers at all? Or no? Oh, come on, man. That's okay. You guys can talk about them. No, I I did not see any of you, them. You should. They they were all universally pretty good. You know, I, I've historically went on and said like I don't really care that much about DC movies nowadays. But Wonder Woman proved itself to be a good movie. Uh, so I'm more hopeful than I used to be for maybe Justice League. And this trailer was better than the last one. But it was it was also like four minutes long, which I think is a tad too long for a trailer, personally. Yeah. But it did show off a lot of cool things, though. What, yeah, I'm thinking. Um, I, I'm I'm excited. I, I've loved all the DC movies so far, even Batman versus Superman. And I know people hate that yeah. movie. Um, I'm excited for it. It looks looks really great. Um, and one I'm thing fun. that sticks out like a sore thumb. I'm not sure if you'd agree. How does Cyborg look to you? It looks okay. I mean, it looks like Cyborg. I mean, does he? Doesn't that look like bad, like out of place CG to you uh, compared to the other stuff? Not particularly. Whenever you see no? fucking okay. Aquaman like fucking surfing on a parademon, you know. I guess. I I, I don't know. It's I mean that's, maybe maybe it's the artistic design of the character, but it just looks it just looks very not real, very. Very, very out of place for the rest of the scene. They're maybe just too bright. I don't know. Because the rest of the scene is kind of dark and gloomy. Yeah. Uh, Excited for that. I saw the trailer for Bright a couple of days ago. 
Yes, the Netflix series, right? Yeah, I'm looking really, I'm looking really forward to that one. So I've only seen that trailer. Uh, this is going to sound strange. I've only seen that trailer on Twitter and only with the sound off. <laughs> so, what <laughs> what what is it about? It is take modern day, but orcs, elves, humans, every okay. every fairy th- fairy, every like fantasy thing fantasy. you can imagine, but in modern yep. day. Gotcha. So you okay, know. I wondered what the the guys who I guess now are supposed to be orcs. I wondered what they were supposed to be. So that answers my question. Yeah, it looks like the elves are kind of like the rich, pompous type of people, and then uh, obviously there's racial animosity in between all of them. And then they find apparently there's a magic wand which are like illegal, and they find one, and people are trying to get it. And then there's Will Smith. And then yeah. there's Will Smith. Yeah. Welcome to Earth. Welcome to Earth. Uh, what else was there? Uh, Stranger Things Season 2. Oh, super excited for that one, man. Yeah. I fucking love that trailer because they like they took a spin on Michael Jackson's Thriller. Mm-hmm. And they're playing it throughout the whole thing because it takes place in, at Halloween 1984, I think. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for that. Uh... And then that's already player one. Yeah. Um, have you guys read the book? I have not. No, I have not. Uh, it's supposed to be one of the most popular and culturally influential, influential books of all time. I have not read it. Kind of makes me want to read it. But uh, the movie seemed interesting. So apparently, there's, I don't know. This is from what I've heard from people talk about it and stuff like that. Apparently, this man created a virtual reality world, and he absolutely loves 80s and 90s pop culture. And so he incorporated it all in this world, this virtual reality world, where everybody seems to go. And you'll run into, like in the trailer, you'll see the Iron Giant is there. And I remember seeing Freddy Krueger was there for a few minutes. And the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently Akira plays a big part in it too. It's tons of all this pop culture references in this virtual reality world. And I don't know what, it, I don't know what happens, but you know. The, the thing about references in general is that I feel like a lot of bad writing comes from making too many references, right? So let's say you make a reference to this. It's like, oh, it's like X and X and this. Oh, remember this, remember this. And then you kind of plug those things in there. And that becomes a substitute for actual writing, actual comedic effect and timing. And I really hope that's not the that's not the fact here. Because, yeah, I saw all those things. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this. I remember this. But you might as well be those little grapes from uh, fucking South Park. You're like, remember this? Remember this? You know, it's from by their own existence in this new form of medium doesn't necessarily make them exciting or good or nor does it add any like anything of substance to the actual film or the storyline itself so i hope they weave all these references into it as being something that is not that important and actually concentrate on its own story and uh, the characters that it's trying to bring to life because the interesting concept right because the there's like obviously a huge overpopulation you know, this is way far into the future, and you can't get anything done in the world because everything's <clears throat> already been done. Every place in the world has been explored. Your life feels kind of just like meaningless. You're living day to day, so all your all you have is like this is this, this ultimate escapism of this virtual reality called Oasis. 
And that could be social commentary and the the oversaturation of escapism media in the in you know in in the country today because that's what that's what all these screens are to us right every screen that we have is all bits of escapism so maybe it has an interesting story to tell in that regard and I'm hoping that it does but not having read the book I'm not sure if I this is one of the things do I want to read the book before I go see the movie or do I do I want to watch the watch the movie and if I'm interested I'll read the book. So I'm not sure. Probably the probably the latter is what I'll go with. I plan on reading the book before the movie comes out. Okay. In fact, well, uh, I, I think I'm going to try to, uh, and Matt would probably be down for it, but I'm actually thinking about doing Ready Player One as a Phoenix Down. The book? Yes. I didn't know you guys covered books. This will be the first one. Yeah, it is. It's a podcast. Whatever you want, man. Mm-hmm. It's my podcast, <laughs> damn it. I can do whatever I want. Um, any other trailers? Uh, not that I can think of right now. Uh, unless, uh, you, do you think we missed something? I don't. Uh, that's the only ones I saw. Oh, oh, there was also the Thor Ragnarok trailer. Uh, I'm so yeah, far behind on Marvel movies. I don't. So am I. Don't. Pay I've just given up at this point. Oh yeah. Uh, there was also a trailer for Kingsman: The Golden Circle. I haven't seen that. Not because I'm not interested. It's because I'm so interested that I want to go into watching the movie uh, just fresh. Did you guys watch the original Kingsman? Yes. No. Damn it, Ryan. I don't the... watch movies, Jay. <laughs> I don't. Watch movies. Watch movies. Some of them are good. Some of them are I good. I used to when I was a kid. I just don't anymore. Kingsman has possibly one of the coolest fucking sequences ever. It does. And it's, it's, just... it's all to uh, Leonard Skinner's Free Bird. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's a brilliant scene. Uh, it took them so long to get that scene, and boy, was it worth it. And the Golden Circle, I've only seen the first trailer that I've seen in movie theaters, and that's the only one I hopefully will see till the movie comes out, I think, in September. And uh, yeah, that movie looks excellent. It's a, it's a very interesting take on the 007 kind of formula with a British take on it, maybe. Well, that's actually a silly thing to say, because I suppose 007 originates. Yeah, yeah. But um, let's say more British. <laughs> it's the Stereotypically British. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got some really cool stuff. I'm looking forward to it a lot. Uh, Thor Ragnarok looks like a lot of fun. It looks like a movie that's going to be entertaining to watch. I'm not sure how good it's going to be from like a narrative standpoint, but it, the trailers and all the things that they're doing, they had this like whole 80s take to it, and they're really going with that flow. And uh, I'm liking what they're doing. Because the second Thor movie was a disappointment compared to the first one. So, yep. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Uh, up next, uh, Dustin says, uh, So my wife never seen The Sixth Sense, and it was never spoiled for her, to my surprise. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the biggest thing that wasn't spoiled for you? Mm. I mean, can we even have that discussion without potentially spoiling something for someone? It's true. I suppose we say for X, right? And then we say if you're n- if you're not interested in hearing it, just like shut it off for a second or something like that. I guess I I don't know. I feel like um, I don't know. I feel like unfortunately for me, most stuff I see gets spoiled because I end up seeing it or playing it so late. Yeah. Um, I I mean, going back to like my old roots, playing Metal Gear Solid for the first time, and. I mean, this is a big spoiler, but I mean, Metal Gear Solid came out in 98, so... 
yeah. uh, finding out that uh, Master Miller was actually liquid in disguise, and instead yep. of me deactivating Metal Gear, I was activating it. That blew yep. my ass away when I was thirteen <laughs> years old. <laughs> I'll say that was a, that was a good one. That was a good mm. one. I'm trying to think of other um, good. Yeah, I don't have I don't have too many things spoiled for me because I make it a point to. I'm a, I'm a stickler for spoilers in a lot of ways, so I really really avoid. Any kind of place where I'll see spoilers, or if anyone even talks about something that might be of interest to me, I'll mute them immediately on Twitter. I have so many people muted; it's not even funny. And it's not because I hate them or anything like that. It's just I just don't want to see the things that they might want to talk about. And I'm not the kind of person to say like, "Yeah, don't don't talk about the things you want to talk to." No, you can talk about whatever you want, but it's you know it's my opportunity, my my reasoning to mute you and stop you from appearing on my timeline to do so so I, i've been very good staying away from uh spoilers i did have the fact that if you remember persona 3 oh wait no persona 4 mm-hmm. for, for the fact that naoto was actually a girl but that was pretty obvious to me so it didn't bother me all that much yeah but uh i did get that one spoiled but that's basically it everything else that has meant anything like particularly big to me has not been spoiled because I generally try to play things fast and I stay away from locations where I could have them spoiled. Well, his next question is, uh, what is the biggest spoiler that ruined for you? Uh, obviously, without uh, going into spoilers. I had the Sixth Sense ruined for me. Oh, bummer. I, I did not. Um, I, I have yet to play the fucking game, but um, oh. Gears of War 3... <laughs> it, it just so happens I was looking up video game music and a suggested uh, video was somebody dying and I was mm-hmm. like, well, shit, I haven't fucking beat that game and I haven't even fucking played it that, and, now, and now I know when somebody dies. That happened to me with uh, with um, uh, Force Awakens. Oh, yeah. I, I, I had that spoil for me because I didn't see it until it came out on DVD and everybody was just like, here's what happened in The Force Awakens. And I'm like, oh, good. Yeah. Well, I don't need to watch this movie now. So, all right. Well, I don't I don't feel that way about spoilers. Like, that's not the only thing that happens in the movie. In fact, it's not like the it's not even like the biggest thing that happens in the movie. There was two, but two, I, two I can, big I can things understand that it. you find out in that movie. Who is Kylo Ren? And yep. who does he kill? Yep. And, and both of those got spoiled for me. And both of those were spoiled for me. I was like, well, what the fuck? You know. Well, you know, that's that's, un- that's unfortunate. But when you have something as big as Star Wars... Like, if I'm playing, like, some niche Japanese game, right? If it has some big story element, like, I can, I can go basically wherever I want. And then that nobody's going to talk about that game because it's, it's just not that popular. But when you talk about what may be the most popular thing in Western culture, right? It's going to happen. You, if you want it to not be spoiled for you, you either have to stay off all things social media related, or even even then it might be dangerous too. But uh, that's why I watched it. Uh, I think I don't watch it the day of because I think the, the first like two days are way too busy for my taste. But I watch it like the, the, like the Monday following or Tuesday or whatever, which seems okay. Uh, not as many people. But yeah, that's a bummer to, to have those things spoiled for you. Yeah. Let's see here. He also goes on to ask, is Destiny 2 any good? Going to try the beta this afternoon if it's still live? I believe it is still live. In fact, it's the yeah, open beta. Yeah, it should still be alive. Yeah. 
It's the uh, open beta right now, so anybody can try it. Um, we kind of conveyed our thoughts on that. It's more Destiny. We're uh, cautiously optimistic for it. Yes. Uh, so here he says, is anyone worried about the rise in counterfeit games in the secondary market? Now I have to be careful when buying retro games online. Hmm. Um, I wonder what he means by buying retro games online to the counterfeit uh, games. Um, so there's a lot of uh, repro or repro uh, cartridges that, that sort of flood the market where they reproduce an NES or Super NES market uh, mm-hmm. or uh, cartridge and claim it's the original. That's probably what he's talking about. Oh, oh! I haven't bought like a super retro. Like I used to buy my idea of retro games, like buying like a PS2 game. That's retro at this point, right? Mm-hmm. So I have like a huge collection of these PS2 RPG games, and I'm still missing a few that I'm eventually gonna pick up eventually to finish my collection of like the god, the really great RPGs that I enjoyed on PS2. Um, but when I think about things like cartridges, I haven't bought anything like that in so long. I don't know. Yeah, yeah a lot of the um, a lot of the really expensive or rare cartridge games end up having a lot of reproductions out there on the market, and you got to be really careful as to whether you're buying an original or a reproduction. Uh, how would you figure that out if it looks the same? Like, what would we tell? Uh, you probably have to open up the cart. Well, that's going way far. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, uh, he says here, uh, bought the Super Ultra Alpha EX Plus DLC for Dead Rising 3. Uh, my god, that's a blast. More DLC should be like that. So much fun. Uh, I saw multiple videos of that, but I never played it. I thought you had a quote for it or something. Or what? I know, and you can play it, but I thought you also had a quote for it. Mm-mm. Okay. No. Didn't do that. Um, to me, the best DLC is still on Dead Nightmare for Dead, uh, Red Dead Redemption. I also really like uh, the Fallout New Vegas, I think, DLC called New World Blues. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite DLC. Uh, the Shivering Isles was another great one. Mm-hmm. Yep. For Oblivion. Actually, both, um, both the DLCs for Skyrim were really good. And then, um, uh, obviously, I'm partial to the Witcher DLCs. Oh, yeah, of course. I have yet to touch those, but I am excited to jump into them. You just got to find Dandelion first. Yeah, I got to find Dandelion. He's in another castle, man. Just keep searching. I swear. Uh, So here, Dustin also says, I'm surprised John had something interesting to talk about last week with Nintendo rather than talking too long and saying nothing much. (laughs) Wow. Ooh, savage, but accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Take that, John. In defense of John, though, he's right. Binding of Isaac is a great game, but most just play it once and think it's bad because they're playing it wrong. Um, I didn't play it just once. Played I, it wrong. I played it for probably about two hours, maybe three hours, and I said I don't like this game. Um, on top of that, I it, like that game genuinely kind of disturbed me. Yeah, it's a very disturbing game. It's, man. A, it's a disturbing game. Uh, I think the content of it's disturbing. It's just it's a strange game. I just I didn't I I didn't get along with it. I didn't get along with it. Yep. Uh, let's see here. And Ken showing that he is alive uh, retweeted my tweet. Uh, Mark says, uh, "Sup, y'all? Uh, what are your top three anticipated gains for the remainder of the year?" Great question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should actually be able to see. I can't do a top three list because. 
I'm so excited for all these games that I can't really put them on the list in particular. But uh, they're actually, right. I will say, Danganronpa B3. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually one of mine. Um, is it one of yours, Joe? Absolutely. Like you there, me? boom! There you go, baby. That's Danganronpa like, B3. That's one of the best fucking like. I guess was it the visual novel games I've ever played. Yeah, as far as like the story. Uh, and the characters and how crazy those things get the mystery, it's just so exciting. The mystery was so fucking exciting for me. Yeah, like, that was one of my favorite Phoenix Downs. It was the first the, the first Danganronpa that we did because I was like, I got these fucking theories. I know they're right. And then <laughs> Dude, all of a sudden, I, I was like, what? I, I had so much fun just pulling you along. Oh man, <laughs> knowing all along mm-hmm. they're all so dead. Good. They're all dead. I know it. And this is like hell or something. It was the best thing because you were so sure. Everything, you were 100% certain about your theory. Everything added up to that. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. I'm not sure if we will, but I, I do want to kind of do a Phoenix Down for uh, Don't Get On For V3. Because we've done the anime. We've done the two games. It feels like we kind of have to at we this point. We have to, yeah. Yeah, because I know a lot of the listeners had a, had a good time like listening to us talk about it, even though they weren't playing the game, which is crazy to me. Because we can't do the game justice by talking about it. But, boy, we, we try hard. Because... If it took the amount of notes that I took while playing Danganronpa to talk about it in a way where it would make sense, I, I used up a whole, whole entire notepad yeah. for covering those two games. And it's hard. It's, it's, it's a lot of work, but I'll, I'll do it again because it's still a lot of fun. Uh, the next game uh, that I would put out is Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And, you know, everyone keeps telling me that it's not coming out 2017, but Nintendo hasn't said that. So I still believe them. You know, don't make me look like an asshole, Nintendo. And the last spot is actually very, very difficult for me because it's a toss-up between East 8 and The Evil Within 2. Mm. I want both of those games very, very much. And I don't know which one I want more, so I'll just say they're tied for third spot. Gotcha. Ryan, do you even know what's coming out? Uh, no, <laughs> no, not really. Uh, I'm glad though that I am so you are so well attuned to my knowledge. Um, no, I would say probably for me, um, Mario Odyssey. Oh yeah, sure. Um, I'm certainly very excited for uh, the new Wolfenstein. Absolutely, right. that's one of mine. Um, I'm uh, I'm I'm jacked up for that. Um, and then, um, I don't know where, I, I don't know what I'd put in that third spot. Shadow that, of War, um, maybe? Destiny huh? 2 coming out, uh, in the See, well? I, you know, I, God of War, Destiny, both of those are interesting to me. Um, God of War, God of Horizon War, DLC, actually. I said oh, yeah, Shadow Horizon. of War. Oh, yeah, Shadow of War. No, I know. The, um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard for me to pick a third. Um, um, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna cheap out and say the Horizon DLC. Nah, just say NAC two and you'll be done. Everyone. Okay, there you answer. go. Yeah, NAC two. Boom. Uh, yeah. I've got one. Um, this will be my third one. Um, is actually uh, the fractured butthole. That's my fourth. Yeah, I'm very very excited for that game as well. Yep. All right. Uh, let's see here. Mark also says, uh, "Have you guys done any YouTube stuff together, or ever thought about it? Or like me, you have a face for radio." Well, you can go and find videos of us. Um, yep. We did a anniversary show. Oh, God. When yep. was that? Uh, that was like our 200th, 200th episode, episode or something yeah. like that. 
uh, where we all had webcams on us. But we do actually uh, have a good amount of video content. We haven't done anything lately. Uh, but we, there's a lot of there's a lot of well, I shouldn't say a lot. There's probably three or four videos of um, back when me, Ken, Jason, um, Justin used to do the show live at Ken's house, all in the same room. Yeah. Um, there's video of us all playing rock band and uh, Jason singing uh, uh, "Don't Stop Believing," <laughs> which is pretty awesome. Yep. Um, there's uh, yeah, there's there's definitely video out there of us, and yeah, we you know it's something I think we've talked about doing again. Uh, YouTube, I don't think is like a really big focus for us as far as because one of the things about YouTube is that a lot of the stuff you want to do. Or I want to put out is very very time consuming, so it's it's very difficult. But uh, you know, I do. I think we there's a couple of series out there that like some let's plays and like first looks of I think fond links of this and that. So if you're ever interested, and you can just check out what is the ZTGD Originals is that the channel name? Yeah, that's I think it. that's it. Yeah, I think. It, and then there's like you know these all these playthroughs of stuff that Drew started but never finished. No, so you can I, always I, look into this. All right, I abandoned Fury, okay, because fuck that game. Uh, Ken never finished, and we're at the fucking end of that game. We never finished mm-hmm. fucking Soma. You guys really should. That's a good game. Yeah. You, I, you guys I was, would enjoy the ending. I had fun sitting there with Ken, and he, he, you know, I'd scream my fucking face off of that game. You got you to gotta, you gotta push, push Ken. I think you guys can finish that playthrough. Yep. Um, let's see here. The next question from Mark is... This is a question we get a good amount. How did you all meet? I've been listening for 10 years now and always wondered, especially the original members like Wombat and Gambus Khan. Um, I mean, is that a question we should save for when we have more people here, or do you want to go ahead and well, answer it? Because I'm the only one of that group that's exactly, here. Exactly, yeah. How about, how about I just say how I met everybody, and maybe okay. Jay. Uh, I... Yeah. Um, you Ken from listening to the show. I was a big fan of it. I've been listening since like episode two or three. Um, it was. But how I... did you? This, so this is a question that I don't think I ever got the answer to. How did you find the show in the first place? Well, I was a member of N4G. Uh, a friend of mine that I worked with at my old job. Uh, we taught video games and stuff like that. And he said, "Hey, I got, I'm on this website called N4G, and it's got like a whole bunch of information about upcoming games and stuff like that." And I was like, "Okay." And I joined it, and I was in the forums a little bit. Um, and then when I got my security job, which I'm still at now, um, you sit there and you're bored to death at work. So I was like, "All right, well, I'll just listen to music." And I had an iPod at the time. And I looked and I was like, what the fuck's this podcast thing? I didn't know what the fuck a podcast was. So I looked at it and I was like, oh, it's like a radio show. And I was like, I wonder if they got stuff for games. I'm big in video games and stuff like that. And sure enough, I ran into a whole bunch of them. And I looked and I saw there was an N4G podcast. And I was like, okay, well, I'm on that website. Let's just listen. And I listened and I was like... Who are these fucking bozos on this fucking show? (laughs) True story. Yeah, and I was like... And it sounds like everybody's like... In one room and like two people, Justin's always to the, in the corner and you can't ever fucking hear what he's saying. And yep. it was all that kind of stuff. And I was like, eh, these guys are kind of funny. It seems like they're having a f- good time. So I started listening that way. And then I found out everybody was on Twitter. So I, I started following Ken on Twitter. And at the time I was working for a, a video game website. I, I, you know, write reviews and stuff like that. Um, for a uh, website that doesn't exist anymore. So don't try and look, but it was called evolvegaming.net. Um, and that's 
you know, I'd post my uh, reviews on Twitter and Ken would actually read them. And he finally approached me and asked me, he said, Hey, you know, you're, you're a decent writer. You want to, you want to write for us? And I'm like, sure. And I was like, Hey, I've, I've done podcasting for Evolve Gaming for like a hundred episodes. If you guys would ever want me on, I'd love to be on. And here I am. And here yeah. you are. Yep. So now I contribute to the mediocrity. Hey, man. Exceptional mediocrity. There okay, you go. Just, let's put that in there. Uh, the way I joined, I feel like I've, I've told this story a couple of times. It's interesting because I actually don't browse N4G that often. It's one of the websites that I had. I don't. I haven't. I didn't even bookmark it. It's one of those websites I kind of run into from every now and then. And then while I was browsing, and I know I was just bored. I, I noticed this podcast, and they're talking about uh, Near, uh, the, the original Near. And there's like, well, someone else other than me actually played this game. So I decided to check it out, and it's like this podcast called Phoenix Down. So I listened to it, and I was like, oh, okay. So they're having, they're doing this and that, and they brought some interesting points up. But I felt like they were missing some aspects of the game, so I wrote in because. Uh, that's what I, you know, I'm the, I'm the asshole that always makes corrections for people. Uh-huh. So I, I, I wrote in a lengthy email. And Drew read it in the show. And I think I wrote it in one more time for me, right? Actually, what you did was originally was comment on our posts on the did website I? itself. Yeah, back when we still had comments. Oh, okay, sure. And I read the comments. And I was like, this J guy is like, he's writing to us a lot. And I was like, okay, well, at least we've got somebody listening. <laughs> I guess I guess back then you had even less listeners for Phoenix Town, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, we have slightly more now. But either way, because of that, we started communicating with each other. And then I think I added Twitter, uh, added Drew on Twitter, so I started talking to him that way. And eventually, I saw that you guys were looking for a writer. And at that point in time, I wasn't doing a lot of work, so I was like, ah, I have some free time. I might as well give it a try. So I sent uh, I sent Ken a draft of like a draft of a review. That I did for I think it was like Starcraft two or something like that. He read it. It's it's he said it was okay, and then uh, I basically decided to you know start writing uh, for the website. I got I did a lot of bad games early on. It's the you know the the kind of the freshman rule, right? You kind of take whatever you can get at the early on. Yep. But uh, that was fine because I actually got to discover a lot of neat games I never would have touched otherwise, and I also played some of the worst games I've ever ever had the the displeasure of playing, which will haunt me forever. <laughs> uh. But uh, besides the point, after that, I got on uh, Phoenix Down, I think, before I, I was on N4G Radio. I, I think we did a game. Which was the first game I did with you guys on Phoenix Down? Protocol, I believe. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that, that was a good series that yes, we did. It was. That, was a, that was a super fun game that we did. Uh, and that's a game that, you know, we had, well, you guys had very, very negative ideas for. And then when we went in, we started playing it. We started delving in. We had, we had, a, we had a blast. And uh, once every while, uh, Ken would invite me to uh, N4G, saying that they could use another person because someone was out. This was around the time when Jason stopped showing so much. So I I got on, uh, and I started coming on more regularly. And at some point, he started asking me every Sunday. And that went on for like uh, a month, and then I expected to be there. And then I just became a regular. And then this is basically it. I've never met any of them in person uh, yet. But uh, if the opportunity not, does present itself, maybe. I'm not even sure that he's real. Uh, you know, they say Skynet may or may not be real. You know, it has a, a lot of different identities. It it's, depends on what your definition of real is. Mm, indeed. I'll tell you one thing, and this is just my personal experience with Jay. 
He's the most secretive motherfucker on the planet. I'm not secretive as much more as I don't like to dis- dis- uh, disclose information that's not necessary. <laughs> There's so many times, like, how old are you? He's like, eh, a little bit older than you. What the fuck, are you 50? <laughs> hey, don't even worry about it, man. Don't even worry about it. That's what he responds with every time. <laughs> don't even worry about it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I have some experiences about like disclosing personal uh, information over the internet that I don't need to. So no, I'm like, I, I, I most certainly do that. too. So it's, yeah. it's it's I've had some crazy stories I could tell, but mm-hmm. um, uh, up to the next, we'll, we'll save the next part of that. Like if you know when Ken's on and they can talk yeah. about all yeah. that stuff, we, we can talk about the the genesis of the. The original, I mean, I'll give you the quick, the super quick rundown just so you're not waiting an entire week. Um, just from, from my perspective, I met, um, so the, the first, um, sort of podcast adjacent, uh, member that I met was the boogeyman, Brian Peterson, who wrote the theme song for the show. Um, back in, I met Brian back in 1999, um, when I was fresh out of high school and, uh, Brian was a manager at the uh, the local uh, Walden Software, soon to be uh, EB Games, um, and uh, just from shopping in there, honestly. And then I, I worked; I had worked at that mall at the same time too, so we got to know each other from that. Um, and uh, uh, through him and a couple other mutual acquaintances, I ended up actually working with Ken at uh, EB Games, and that's through that connection is sort of where I met most of the rest of the guys, Jason and uh, uh, Killer Wolverine, uh, although a little bit separately on the Killer Wolverine side because he worked at a, a different store, but um, or uh, I can't remember, and Killer Wolverine's going to kill me for not remembering this. I can't remember if he was working at the theater or at EB. I think he was working at the theater at the time, and um, uh, that's where the, the infamous story where nobody knew who he was when he got added to our Halo clan. <laughs> And uh, so our Halo clan was all these people that we knew personally in real life and then this Killer Wolverine, and nobody knew who the hell Killer Wolverine was. Um, so, but anyway, yeah, it was, I mean, we, I have the benefit outside of, you know, these guys of having met and been friends with all of these people before we started the show. Yeah. Um, the, the show sort of started um, after we were all friends and everything and then we added uh very talented pieces as we went on uh through listeners and I, john was a listener right and another another podcaster as well um who we t- we tacked on as we went but yeah those um those early shows the first two shows maybe the first three shows um were recorded at my old condo um us <laughs> sitting around a coffee table with one microphone um, and as Drew said, Justin was sitting way too far away from the microphone, so he was impossible to hear. Um, we had no concept of timing or show format. They weren't weekly. It was just like, hey, you want to report a, record a podcast tonight? Yeah, sure. We're not doing anything else. Um, it was it was the Wild West. Yeah, then. I remember that because I was like, I, I, I kind of got into listening to you guys. And then like... Y'all didn't have a show for like a fucking month, and I was like, "What yeah. the fuck is going on? Did they die?" No, yeah, we lived. We just we it was very um, it was very sporadic in those early days. Yeah. Um. So, but um. But yeah, that was 
There's that so was many, it. There's so many great things. I remember um, the, some of those earlier episodes. You guys were like, "All right, put on the forums like what you want the uh, announcer guy to say." Yep. And I remember yep. I, I wrote in, and, and it was brought to you by a working microphone, so we could finally understand what the fuck <laughs> Killer Wolverine's saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I tell you what, it was. Um, there were there were good things and bad things about those early shows, and you know it was. Um, you know, one of the things that I think, I think this show is so much better now than it was when we first started. And most of that, this isn't me trying to be, um, isn't me trying to suck up or kiss up since you guys are on the show. One of the things that is so much better is that just the, the fact that we've got you guys on here and we couldn't do that if we didn't do it on Skype. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that we miss is everybody being in the same room when we record. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. just, it brings a, um, it brought a certain energy level that I don't think is is easy to replicate over Skype when we're not all sitting next to each other making fun of people's hair or um, <laughs> you know putting you know putting putting action figures in Gambuscon spiky hair uh, and stuff like that. So yeah, I remember. God, there's so many things I remember from those old shows. Just listening. That's why I'm. That's- glad- from because <laughs> i would say that's the thing is there was so many memorable things like i remember like jason's in the middle of his fondling and i remember he just stopped talking he's like what are you guys doing over there and then kids <laughs> like don't worry about it don't worry about it yeah. <laughs> it's like, it is you know small stuff like that i mean like seriously anybody out there who's listening go back and listen to the first game of the year show i can't remember what number it is but the fucking laughter that came out of that was amazing uh Jason's like top three were fucking hilarious. I remember he said um, it was like Bioshock, so that was it was the year Bioshock came out, so it was oh seven. And uh, he said that uh, his number two game is Bioshock. He says if Walt Disney and Adolf Hitler combined together to create a secular <laughs> hell uh, or, a, or a psychological thrill ride through a secular hell, that would be Bioshock. And I remember Ken just said. I think you just offended the entire world. <laughs> There's just yeah. so many, so many great things. Pretty good, but um, yeah, but yeah, no, it's that's pretty much the the short end of it. Um, yep. Uh, let's see here. And the next one comes from Mark. Says uh, still trying to match Dustin's tweet count, but can't think of anything else. Go Dustin, and he left a trophy for him. <laughs> and then uh, the last. Uh, tweet that we have comes from uh, Big Game Hunter. It says, uh, pre-order on that SNES Classic at Walmart went so quick. Wish it would hit all retailers at once. They need uh, they need to spread out the competition. And I was just talking about that, saying it's stupid. How ridiculous. Nintendo. That's a, that's a weird concept to me, man. You figure the hardest thing is for you to make something that people want to buy, right? That's that's the tough selling point. You 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 have a product that everyone wants to buy. Everyone wants to throw money at you to have even more than the retail price because these scalpers gonna make a make a mint out of this as well. So because of that, you have a situation where all these good people that really wants your thing is not going to be able to get it, even though you seemingly should have learned your mistake from the NES Classic. And the same thing is happening all over again. I, I don't understand. This is like they have all this money. It's on the table. All they have to do is just provide the, provide the thing and then just take it. It's just, eh. Yeah. Nintendo. 
But yeah, that's it. Um, no emails right now. We'll do them next week uh, when Ken comes back. Um, but yeah, I think we had a pretty good show. I tell you what, it was pretty successful mm-hmm. considering. Yeah. yeah, I had to I had to record it a second time because I screwed up the intro and then somebody called me, but that's okay. <laughs> that first take had its own charm, though. We were uh, yeah. we were doing a little transition. We were making some jokes here and there. We're gonna yeah. Go right I into mean, it. you completely you completely lost all the vamping that Jay and I did to try yeah. and cover for the fact that you very rudely just left <laughs> us and were talking on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah. You know, you know what, you know what, an actual gentleman does in situation, they ignored the call. You know, the the phone shouldn't even be on. You know, it should be on silent. But not not for Drew. Everyone else is more important than us, apparently. Well, uh, thanks, Drew. Well, the woman I'm about to marry called me, so yes, mm-hmm. I answer those. Yeah, it's it's not enough that you spend every day with her. You know, you spend only one day, maybe three hours top with us every week. And I always say, it's priorities. It's fine. Listen, I, I recognize where I fall in the pro- in the pecking order of your life, Drew, and it doesn't mean I'm happy about it. <laughs> but I, I recognize the the woman that I am going to be living with. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, uh, listen, I'm not here to value judge. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But yeah, uh, let's finish it up with emails. You can send emails to podcasts at ztgd.com. It's not podcast, it's podcast, I think, at ztgd.com. Uh, follow us all on Twitter. I am at DML Fury. Jay is at Batusai J. And uh, Ryan is at R Wombold or no? Oh. It's oh, RP. you failed. Wombat RP. Wombat RP. He changed yes. it on us, and we didn't know. I did yeah, this is only happened a month ago. Good job catching that, Drew. And you can follow uh, Ken and the website at ZTGD. Uh, yeah. Phoenix Down. We're going to be covering To the Moon. One single episode for that, because it's only like a four-hour game. Uh, we'll be doing that this week as well. And then moving on to probably... I don't know if we're going to take a week off or not. I'm not certain on that one. I'll have to ask Matt. But I th- we may just go right into uh, Bowser's Inside Story. But you know what? Go back uh this last episode. Very, very interesting conversation with a couple of guys who run events for eSports. We had them on the show. Real good interview. And I don't interview people. Kind of just, you know, winged it. But it actually turned out to be a really good show. Really informative. Just th- Those two guys were really great having them on. Uh, but you can check out that last uh, previous intermission for uh, Phoenix Down. But yeah, that's it. I guess chicken noise coming. Do you out? have Do you have the thing on file at I all? Have, or is that... I do not have any of this. I'm going to send this to Ken, and, he, and Ken's going to splice it in. I guess. Okay. So. Bagok. Bagok. That's it. We out. Alrighty, and it goes something like this. Mario. You 